Join us on our Galaxy Class Starship as we head to Columbus, Ohio. The, this uh, December second, USS, USS Columbus, USS Columbia. <laughs> oh no! Wait, sorry, I was channeling the cage. There were no Galaxy Class Starships back in the day. No, that's true. That was only in uh, in, in Next Generation. And you don't know our tenth as well as. Oh wait, that's not it either. Okay, what do they say? What do they say? These Galaxy Class Starships. What is that ridiculous scene in Far Point where they're talking about the? You know, they're literally like. I, I think it's I'm sharing very the Bible by this new Galaxy Class Starship. Okay, great. Good for you. How many times do they say Galaxy Quest in uh, Galaxy <laughs> How many Class? How many times do they say Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Class in, in Farpoint, Darren. I don't know. I think uh, maybe three times. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. they want to really hammer it home because it's in the Bible. It's so way they got to make it than, very clear. It's way bigger than the Solar System Class one. It's super bigger than the Constellation <laughs> Class. It's even bigger than the Dreadnoughts. Okay. So uh, the point of this. The point of this is that we, Darren Doctor and Mark A. Altman, the Inglorious Trexperts, are going to be at GalaxyCon in Columbus, Ohio, December 2nd through the 4th. It's going join... a, a wonderful romping weekend with us. Yes. yes. I, it, it's going to be great because uh, these are great conventions. Uh, Mike Broder and his team do a fantastic job. We're really excited uh, um, to, to be there. Um we know that they're all about the fans, which is something that we found very attractive when we had the opportunity to go uh, at this. And, and you can join us for live podcast recordings, interviews, meets and greets, special guests who will be attending the convention like Bill Shatner, Kevin. I have, I have in my notes, Kevin Sith. Who's that? <laughs> Kevin Smith. <laughs> Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Terry Farrell, many others. Of course, and us. We, and us. Well, of course, us. That's the most exciting of all. Your, we would be honored favorite, if you would join us. Your uh, wheeled scooter targets. Oh, my God. I hope not. I hope not. I feel like <laughs> they, they they set their sights on me. Like they've locked on. They've locked on. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like when there's a phaser on, on, on overload. Deflector is full intensity. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's going to be great. We're really excited. And we hope you are, too. And you'll join us in Columbus, Ohio, this December 2nd to the 4th at GalaxyCon. For more information or buy tickets, go to GalaxyCon dot com today hey darren have you heard about trexpers plus yet heard about it we've we've done it what it's amazing about? of course i've heard about it it's so cool you're getting the whole trexpers experience but you're also getting a new podcast from us the inglorious trexpers deck 78 this is true it's it's like a it's like hanging uh with us in the lounge on a starship but also cool guests talking about cool subjects, Trek adjacent topics like right. Alien, Battle Beyond the Stars, Robocop, Logan's Run, The Black Hole, you name it. And, we'll, uh, we'll, you know, we'll be there. Who knows? There might be a little uh, one about The Godfather someday. Oh, that'd be fun. Maybe I want to do that. Maybe will be able to refuse that. <laughs> they won't indeed. So it's real easy to join. If you want to support uh, the podcast and become a member of Trexpress Plus to get all the the great Trexperts Plus goodness. You want to go to <laughs> TrexpertsPlus.com, TrexpertsPlus.com, and take word, off one for savings. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it, it, it you, you can sign up. It's very easy, and then from there on out, you can enjoy the full experience and you can be find your way chosen. to deck seventy eight, the hidden deck of the Starship <laughs> Enterprise and the Inglorious Trexperts, where we hang out. Well, yeah. It's all good. Join us.
TrexpertsPlus.com. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Dockerman. And Ashley Edward Miller. And we are the Inglorious Tragsperts. And today, there be whales here. Yep, we're going to Vegas. And <laughs> no, we're, we're not. No, we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to Vegas. I thought this was about, you know, big, 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 big high spending gamblers. High spending gamblers. No, no, not those kind of whales. Well, we do have a big high-spending gambler here with us today. It's uh, returning. I, I can't believe he would he would come back after uh, that uh, uh, shellacking he gave you on Star Trek VI. But uh, no, it was Take no the shellacking. Dirty. There are various opinions on that. Yeah, no, there are. <laughs> but we are delighted to welcome one of our favorite guests back to the podcast. Is the president of 20th Century Films, the great Star Trek fan extraordinaire, man... Who uh, who went into the arena with Darren Doctorman? Two men went in. Two, <laughs> two men, men came out. out. Yeah, <laughs> that was and of course, I'm talking <laughs> about <laughs> none other than Steve Asbell. Welcome, Steve. Good to see you again. Good to see you. A double dumbass on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right there on the edge of etiquette. Uh, okay, that's I a little obscure. Thing. That's a little yeah. esoteric. You know, you know what I'm referring to, of course. The the uh, yeah. the name of the band, Kirk Thatcher's band of two that recorded "I Hate You" on the bus was uh, was Edge of Etiquette, Edge of Etiquette. And I think so, they actually did record it on a bus. Did did they? I no. I don't know. Okay. Are you referring to Werewolf by Night star? Kirk yes, Thatcher. that's the one. That's the is one. he in Werewolf by Night? Yes, he yeah. is. Oh, that's wow. what you get for missing staff meetings over at uh, over at Disney. <laughs> I, I hear it's great. I haven't seen it, it yet. It's great. It is great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, uh, well, but today we're talking about Star Trek for the Voyage Home. And th this is an interesting film because it it's a, a film that uh, at the time was the top grossing Star Trek film of all time, it was beloved by uh, people the world over. Um, and yet it's very divisive among Star Trek fans. Many Star Trek fans love it. Others feel it's a little too slight and whimsical for their taste. And um, many non-Star Trek fans love it. Which yeah, many non-Star Trek fans love it. Yeah, many non-Star Trek fans love it. And in fact, that was very much the intention. And of course, this was a film that uh, Star Trek had never done well internationally. And there was a real hope that this was the film that was going to change that. And it did to a certain extent, although it did make the bulk of its money domestically still. Um, do you guys remember, I want to start with Steve, seeing it for the first time and what your initial impressions were of Star Trek four. Sure. Yeah. I saw it. Um, I was, uh, 12, maybe, uh, something like that. Um, and I, yeah, I remember seeing it in New Jersey, uh, with a bunch of my friends and, you know, it was very different. I think I was, it was, it was actually, I do remember it was the, um, you know, my mom liked it. I mean, that, that's the movie. Everybody's, everybody's yeah. mom likes this is your mom's about. star trek um and i and i think your i was surprised uh your mom no, wait what? <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, well it's funny with star trek 2009 they said this isn't your father's star trek right. well star trek 4 this isn't your mom's star trek or maybe right. it is um 
I, I think I just remember the thing I remember most honestly is the introduction of the Enterprise A, which was a huge thing for me. And I, cause I think I, 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 like maybe a lot of us, you know, wasn't expecting an enterprise less movie, you know, wasn't expecting that much of a shift, I guess, um, for all of its uh, pleasures and it's an enjoyable movie. And, and I'm curious to talk, honestly, to watch it with you guys because it always felt like it was sort of, it's the most innocuous uh, of the movies yeah, in a lot of ways. It's a good way of putting it's it. Neither controversial, you know, in the ways that 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 the other ones are for all of their all of the reasons. It sort of sits literally in the middle, and um, and yet like has a lot of wonderful touches and a lot of great directorial flourishes from Leonard, who would go on, of course, to do comedy. Um, but I would. It's something I want to talk about in terms of like what are the sense. Like I was thinking about it from the perspective of, you know, how I think about stuff like this now. And it's like trying to figure out what the central conflict actually was. And I couldn't entirely remember it other than the situation and then having to kind of problem solve. But anyway, I remember loving it as a kid, really loving them getting another enterprise at the end. Before we continue, I got to go off, off my uh, questions for a second, because you brought up something very interesting. You talked about it being innocuous. You talked about it being very different. Now, as a studio executive, you know, particularly these days, you know, it's so important that, you know, things fit into a box. It's interesting to look at how daring it was at the time after Khan, after Star Trek three, which was very much in the Khan vein. It had a black hat with Christopher Lloyd as Crooge and whatever our feelings about Star Trek three, you know, it is in the Star Trek Wrath of Khan vein. There's a battle, there's a fight, there's a lot of, you know, kicking and screaming and phasering and Klingons. And and then Star Trek Four is completely something different, you know. And uh, so if, if people are going in looking for that, they weren't going to get it. How much respect and how much daring um, do you give uh, the executives at the time? I think it was Don Steele who was running the studio under Eisner and Katzenberg um, for for doing something so different. Well, I I would think that they actually thought they were being extremely clever by finally getting a movie that could be more appealing to a broader audience. Meaning, I think they probably felt, and I mean, I'm just guessing, but that they were, oh, here's one we can finally sell to everyone. And so I'm not, you guys probably know, I guess I'm not entirely sure of this one, of its, you know, sort of pedigree as far as how, whether it was Harv or who really kind of came up. I know I've always read, oh, they wanted to have some fun. They wanted to be a little bit lighter. It was going to be Eddie Murphy. I mean, there were there were. Clearly... Okay, we're we're going to talk about that by the end of this podcast. You will have the answers to all your questions. I, I think the answer <laughs> question. I think that they probably felt once they heard about it, like, yes, great, let's do that. It's modern day. You know, we can appeal to a whole bunch of people, and it turns out they did. Um, but I'm sure they actually felt like they were getting one over on it. Yeah, because as we do on the show, I'm looking forward to piercing some of the conventional wisdom that passes, you know, for uh, for fact in Star Trek, because there's a lot of things about this movie that people have assumed or taken for granted that's not true. So I'm looking forward to to getting into that. But before we do that, Ashley, tell us about your uh, first experience seeing The Voyage Home and what your uh, maybe initial feelings were at the time. Uh I remember watching um, Star Trek II and Star Trek Three on video and then going to see the movie. Um, and I remember, I, I went with you know my family, I remember liking it, but also feeling vaguely disappointed. 
Mm. Uh, and over time, like it's it's funny. I've, I've had this strange arc with this my relationship with this movie. Um, you know, I think over time I kind of stopped liking it. It became the one with the whales, as they mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, it's funny. It's it's it was actually uh, you know it was it was Caden, my my eldest boy, his uh, his first Star Trek film was his introduction to Star Trek. Very consciously so. I took him to yeah. a theater to let him see it, and he really loved it, and he loved the interplay between you got the to characters. See right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, and, that's cool. Right? He it's loves like paper a, mache heads. Yeah, he totally does. Uh, no, he's he has only ever seen uh, Star Trek films um, on the big screen. Mm, excellent. But uh, I, it's funny, as much as, you know, I, I liked to kind of, you know, we talked about how it was a little bit slight or, you know, it just, it, it didn't have the same feel as those other movies, you know, and uh, God, I remember arguments about like, it just doesn't feel like Star Trek. Man, I have to tell you, in retrospect, boy, we did not know how good we had it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what about you, Darren? When would you encounter uh, Voyage Home? Well, it was uh, my third semester at USC. Uh, I had tried, uh, what, five times to get into the film school and uh, was still uh, just sort of uh, floating as a a non-major but uh, still running the post-production building. Um, So I got to, a precursor to this was that I became friends with uh, a guy who was the uh, ILM runner in LA. And I got to go- Run runner. Yes. I got to- Well, nobody walks in LA, so- so I got to go with him in what was known as the Vader van, which is a big van that uh, he picked up the pouch from LAX and delivered- Yeah, delivered stuff to the various uh, uh, editing rooms and studios that were dealing with ILM uh, back and forth. And I got to go on one of his runs. And uh, as such, we got to visit the Star Trek IV editing room. And uh, I got to see a little bit of footage, and uh, it was fascinating. And uh, uh, I was was very well primed for this movie. And when I saw it... um, I went with an open mind, just like I always have, <laughs> and uh, you know, I liked it. It was fine. I hated the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I I liked seeing our favorite characters again, but I thought that they were a bit uh, stereotyping themselves. I thought that they were acting what people thought the characters were, rather mm-hmm. than what had been actually developed for the characters. Um, and I haven't changed my opinion on that. Uh, I think it's fine. It's good for it's good for a family outing to go see a Star Trek movie. It's just fine. And uh, you know the whales uh, the whales plot is uh, it's an interesting sci-fi idea. I think it's a little bit hackneyed, but that's okay. It's uh, it's fine. It's it's a good average Star Trek movie. You got to give us Chekhov's run, though. I mean, I'm probably more favorable to the Leonard Rosenman music than anybody on this call, but I, I that's a good track. I like Chekhov's run. In fact, it's when fine. I would make my little compilation cassettes, that was the only uh, piece from uh, <laughs> Star Trek IV that I would put on my compilations. And this is before Cliff Eidelman's Astral Symphony, right? I was gonna, just going to say, I, did they even include? Yes, I it was Chekhov's run. Movie. 
Yeah. It was Chekhov's gun. Okay. Now, I, now. I remember getting that CD. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know why I had all the music, but I bought yeah, it anyway. It was cool because you could. Yeah. It was 25th anniversary. So. I would have liked. I would have liked it a lot more if Chekhov wasn't acting like an absolute idiot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's my problem with it. But uh, it's the Enterprise. Uh, yeah, I will. We'll get into that. We'll get, we'll get into it. We'll get into that. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll I, you know, and and uh, you know, the short version is I'll tell you my story. Which isn't all that different. It's it's so funny. I listen to you two, and I, you know, I think of Savik saying so human, except with you guys, it's so young. Because of course, I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I can tell you everything about going to see Star Trek Four. I remember I I uh, had fant- this cl- English class that was um, this is in college, uh, fiction and film, and uh, we were doing uh, notes by Eleanor Coppola. Uh, we, we just watched Apocalypse Now. And I was re- and we were reading notes, and I was I was very upset because there was a press screening for Star Trek Four, and I was there at the school paper, and I was like, "Am I going to go to class, or am I going to see Star Trek Four? And of course, I went to Star Trek Four, and I remember in an unseasonably cold day, um, and waiting by the train to go into Boston, and, uh, and getting there, and and then really getting nervous that the time was getting tight. And that I wasn't sure I was going to get there. At time. I, mean, I remember all this. The beginning of it. Behind no, the horizon. And it took, because time is the fire in which we burn. And um, so, or it wasn't yet. It's a but, predator and it's stalking you. Yeah. So, and this I remember is, going to see. Describing my last crusade experience, which I saw five times that week. And and so um, I get there and, and, and coming out of the film, I had a, a similar reaction. I found it inoffensive in the sense that I didn't think it was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, a lot about it I liked because I am a fan of the comedic episodes like Trouble with Tribbles and Piece of the Action and I Mud. Um, you know, even the first half of like Captain's Holiday, which hadn't obviously existed yet <laughs> um because this was right as star trek 4 was about to launch in fact there was that famous promo on on the beginning of the video cassette for star yeah, trek right. 4 um about uh, next generation to Jordan, sort of put it in a man cons- with unique vision vision <laughs> <laughs> so i saw it and, and 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 you know and again i liked it and people i obviously knew i was going to see it they knew i was a big star trek fan um they also what do you think and i said it's good. It's good. And then you had to deal with everyone who went to see it, who said it was great. It's fantastic. And I'm like, God, it's it's good. It's not as good as one. It's not as good as two. It's better than three. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just trolling, Steve. <laughs> but uh, but um, but it was it was very interesting, and it was very interesting to see it be embraced so passionately by critics and non Star Trek fans, and to a certain extent, Star Trek fans. Um, and it is it's interesting because I don't remember having a great love for the movie, but every time I see it, I do enjoy it, you know, and uh, there's a lot about it. I really I really like. And then there, there's a lot of things I don't, which we'll talk about in the commentary. But before before we start, um, this is very interesting because, of course, Leonard talks proudly about how he, uh, you know, came up with the idea for the whales. Um, I recently came across uh, William Shatner's first biography, the first of what would be many autobiographies, biographies. It's called Shatner, Where No Man, the authorized biography of William Shatner. This was written by Sandra Marshak and Myrna Culbreth with Shatner. And uh, it was published in 19... Um, 19... 19 uh, 
79, right before the Star Trek uh, motion picture opened. Darren, can you just read us? This is a, a sample, little little excerpt from uh, the beginning of chapter one. And we'll, we'll do more on this book in, in the weeks to come. But this is particularly relevant to what we're talking about today. So, if, if Darren, you if you would read this to us, I'd appreciate it. Sure. This is uh, titled Shatner, Where From? And the first is a quote from Shatner. Uh, you have the stick between your legs and you're turning and the centrifugal force is forcing the blood down. I mean, it's all sexual. William Shatner. Which doesn't exactly describe fear of flying. Shatner's eyes glint with amusement, an expression which would have been at home on the face of a starship captain. In fact, it's a straight answer to a straight question. The actor has risked his expensive anatomy on a dozen odd sports, even in the Star Trek years when he had to be on camera 10, 12, 14 hours a day, six days a week. And on the seventh day, he motorcycled, flew, soloed after incredible eight hours, scuba dived, went bow hunting, once after Alaskan Kodiak bear, the largest carnivore on earth, standing nine feet tall against his single arrow and dying. Much later, in the upstairs study of his house on the hill, Shatner does for us the daring performance he will do for a Star Trek convention drawing 18,000 people, a dramatic, even erotic poem by D.H. Lawrence, Whales Weep Not. It is perhaps the last poem an actor would dare to do for a Star Trek convention. Shatner uses it to call attention to the plight of whales being slaughtered on our seas, perhaps the intelligent, loving aliens of our own home seas. It's his own idea, and he is moved by that plight. And on the floor of the study, he uh, is the bearskin, which is also a part of what William Shatner is or was. Today, he tells us that he regrets killing it, would not do it again, and has since hunted Iranian snow leopards with a camera. Nevertheless, the bear and the fact of having faced it from within bowshot are still a part of the man. It is not as if he killed it with an express rifle. Karate, more recently Aikido, car racing, canoeing, just plain archery, the list does not seem to end. And now, in a New York hotel suite, the man who is both the civilized William Shatner and the man who hunts bear is cataloging the satisfactions of sports and saying cheerfully, just plain archery, but what could be more sexual than archery as a phallic symbol? The arrow and the bow, as you draw it taut, gathering the tension, your strength, your power pumped into it, behind the thrust and then the release, like an ejaculation, thrusting the arrow forward to impale the target. The arrow arcs up and flies straight home and penetrates the center of the bullseye. I mean, it's like an act of sex. Well, he is the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> this, well, this reads like that documentary of John Holmes. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna we're gonna dip back into this book in the future, but the reason that we're <laughs> dip we're, back in the reason the reason that I had uh, Darren read that excerpt to you tonight was because of obviously yeah, the whales, well, because of whales, and isn't that fascinating? From 1979, written in 1978, uh, very much on Shatter's mind was the plight of the whales. I'm Except certain. I'm bear. certain Leonard Nimoy never read this over and over and over again. <laughs> I'm sure not either. But it, maybe it's something they discussed. Maybe he was at the convention. It doesn't matter. It's just very, very <laughs> interesting. And uh, you know, I don't think there was probably one interview uh, with Shatner during the making of Star Trek IV where he would 
you know, mentioned it, remembered it, was ever on his mind, anything he even thought about. So um, that sounds like one of those the the article, the interviews they do in Playboy in the seventies, like that. Yeah. There, there would be, I hunted a bear <laughs> with a with a. Oh, it, it totally sounds like that. With a, with a spork and the. <laughs> well, that, that, I mean, he said that he said that to me in person a number of times. You know, because he was on Mutual of Omaha where he killed the bear, and he said, "I would never do that again." You know, um, that well, you know. Goodness for that. But uh, but you know, it's uh, but you know, back then it was it was this incredible thing because of course he did. Hunt the, the bear, bear. The bear he shot first. Killed the bear. The bear shot first. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I just thought that was an interesting little uh, nugget that uh, uh, about uh, you know Shatner uh, thinking about the plight of the whales. Um, but what we're going to do today is we're going to provide a um, a live commentary to Star Trek Four, and we ask you at home uh, to rev up your engines if you're in a car. Uh, you don't need to turn it on; it's okay. Uh, you can just listen to us uh, talk uh, through the film. Um, and, uh, this will be, a, you know, an audio commentary of, uh, Star Trek four, where hopefully, uh, you'll learn some interesting facts and information about a movie we all find entirely acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Get your, wow. uh, get prepared your... to not be offended. <laughs> you know, I mean, really selling it. I, you know, there's hard. guys get ready to. Just have a neat, nice time. I mean, probably. Yeah, they're they're, they're sitting at home thinking these are the guys who raved about Star Trek Five on the podcast, and on Star <laughs> Trek Four, they could barely marshal any enthusiasm for a movie that, by all accounts, is a very good movie that was nominated for multiple Academy Awards. You know, it's worth noting that as much as we criticize Leonard Roseman's score, it was nominated for best score, and you know what else was nominated? Donald Peterman's uh, cinematography was nominated as well really? for best cinematography. Well, there's no accounting for taste. So I that's, just, it's like, that's a surprise. That I didn't yeah. know. That yeah. is, what year, 86? <laughs> that was uh, Platoon? Uh, what year? What, yeah. what year? I'm just thinking what won. What won that year? Yeah. was Platoon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. We'll have to go back and 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 take a look and see what we'll else have to we go back. Made. <laughs> Get out the plaster of Paris heads. Okay, um, okay. Right. So so your, Darren, if you'll get your please playback devices ready, and start it up with me in three, two, one, go. Okay, so uh, we have now started the film. This is a tribute, of course, to um, the crew of the Challenger. Uh, which uh, had been lost um, only a few months before. Yeah, this was yeah, a late yeah. add to the um, to the film and a wonderful tribute to those Pretty lovely. lost I mean, heroes. You know, worth saying that's was a absolutely that they, they put it at the head of the film. Well, I'm glad because every time we see the film, it reminds you of of yeah. them, and that's it's, it's a wonderful thing. Uh, the other, uh, the only other time I think you see a tribute like that at the top of the film is in Star Trek VI for Gene Roddenberry. The font is nice. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to say, Darren, is unchanged font, from Star uh, Trek One. 
<laughs> I was gonna say, what is the difference? There? And then that I don't know what's happening there, but that's that's it's, someone's going a little crazy. No, that's well, terrible. Look the at the T. I'm not gonna like this. Oh score. yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Well, you know, and it's worth look. I, I don't want to just be bagging on Leonard Rosenman because yeah, like you, I'm not a fan of the score. Although Steve, I, I think is more so. But it's worth saying, you know, he he was a fascinating guy who, of course, was good friends with Ila Kazan. Uh, you know, he did East of Eden and Rebel Without a Cause. Later, he, you know, he was in the U.S. Armed For uh, Air Force during World War II. And, of course, he went on and did Fantastic Voyage and Beneath the Planet of the Apes and Battle yeah, for the Planet of the Apes. I, was, I have you know, his Beneath the Planet of the Apes course. Right? He was also, on, you know, work, uh, uh, orchestrating, you know, Barry Lyndon. He wrote some music for that. He did the animated Lord of the Rings, which is the same score as this and much better. And, uh, you know, and Kingdom of the Spiders. So another Shatner connection. I will say another thing to notice about this, just for what it's worth, very few uh, main titles anymore. Everybody does main on ends in yeah. this movie. Yeah. 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 I miss main I think titles. The first time I was aware of that was, uh, was of all things, Die Hard 2. Like, that was the first time it sort of hit me. as a wait a minute, where's the main, uh, the main yeah. titles? Yeah. You know who's still, thank God for Bond, because Bond still does yeah. the, the long well, yeah, opening titles. Part of the. But even if there's no sequence and it's just credits over the movie, you don't find yeah. it. Yeah. Jim does. Nagel does it. He did it on Logan. I remember. Well, it was this up. is this is what I always thought would be the uh, main titles for the Rankin Bass Star Trek Christmas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Trek holiday special. Now here's Don Peterman. Now I want to mention this is a good place for us to start talking turkey here. Um, as a lot of you know, Star Trek two and three were produced under the aegis of the TV division. The reason for that was to sort of keep the cost down on the first two movies with the threat of it being TV movie. And but both neither of them were particularly uh, expensive. Star Trek four is the four, first movie to be thrown back over to the feature division. As a result, it had a much higher budget and they had a real cinematographer and Donald Peterman. The Oscar-nominated Donald Peterman, who uh, Paramount loved because he had done flash dance for them in um, you know, 83. He also did such films as Richard Famous, and he did Splash for Ron Howard, and he went on and did a bunch of movies for Ron Howard, including Cocoon, and much later, um, uh, he did Grinch Who Stole Christmas. And uh, a movie you can't find anymore. The other thing I, I found really interesting about Peterman is he did a bunch of Barry Sonnenfeld films. And of course, Barry Sonnenfeld was one of the great DPs of all time until it yeah. became a director. And he did Get Shorty, he did Men in Black. Um, so he had a very, uh, a very solid career. And I think this is, you know, certainly the best looking film since um, uh, Klein's uh, Star Trek motion picture. It's, it's, it's a better looking film than uh, two, Gain Resher two, and, and certainly a better looking film than Charles Corral with Star Trek three. Yeah. Also, great diversity in captains in this movie. And Alfrosians. <laughs> Did you guys, I mean, just he was a roadie for Guar. Credits Sorry. quickly the uh, the Mearson Crickets, and then I guess Harv and Nick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about that for a second. So Crikes and, Me you know, Mearson were brought on, and they did the original drafts. And, and a you know, Nimoy and Bennett have really disparaged and diminished their uh, contributions to the film, but they were brought on to write the original Eddie Murphy draft, um, right. where you know the Jillian Hicks character was basically Eddie Murphy. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, of the set pieces that were used later in the film. 
So it is really doing them a disservice to say that their 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 script was completely jettisoned and they didn't contribute anything to the movie. They were very involved in coming up with the whole idea of the whales with Leonard Nimoy, you know, who had famously written uh, read Biophilia, which is about the end of uh, all these Keystone species. Um, but they were in all those meetings. They they were they were a big part of it, and I think that they have really. Uh, you know, gotten show. You know, it, it happened on well, Star Trek Six too with Rosenthal and Koner. Right. I am shocked, yeah. shocked to see the producer of record and the director of the film crapping on the writers. I, I've never seen that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Um, I noticed at the beginning of this scene they use the Star Trek Three uh, version of video uh, capture, where it's the movie, the angles. Even as a kid, I was like. How would they have that angle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, from yeah. the yep. movie, and yet it is narratively. Well, it's a pretty clever way to recap the main thing of the last movie. Yeah, previously on, previously Obvi on Star Trek. Obviously, they they had sensor drones uh, orbiting the Genesis planet, of course, to maintain security. So obviously, they could get that footage. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> it's but funny. I I was never a John Shuck fan. I mean, I liked him in MASH, but I always we thought he was... nothing. I, thought, I always thought he was a bit of a, um, you know, a ham. But I actually really like him in Star Trek IV. Yeah, he's, he's good behind a bunch of makeup. Yeah. I he think you have to be thing. big to, to, to work in a Klingon. Yeah. That's why people like uh, O'Reilly as Garron and Martin Martok and, you know, um, and John Calicos, who is, you know, could eat the scenery with the best of them. Right. They're, they're so good because you need to break through that makeup. Now yeah. the, the, uh, the president here is, uh, uh, is it Robert Ellingson? Is that his name? Ellens. Ellenson? Ellenstein. Ellenstein. Yeah. He was one of the bad guys in North by Northwest. No, he wasn't. He's was the he really bad guy in North by Northwest? I did Absolutely. not know that. Wow! Oh my God, that is so interesting. Yeah, he's the shorter. He's he was the, Marty he's Landau's non... other henchman. Well, no, the there's, there's two henchmen. Yeah, yeah, it's Marty henchmen. and this guy. No, Marty. No, they're the two henchmen that pick him up in the nice. in the uh, at the at the hotel. Yeah, at, at the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah. Robert Forgive Ellenstein. Me, but did you guys one. notice Sarek's shoes? No, I never look at Sarek's shoes. Neither should you. No, did you see, uh, did you see Shawshank Redemption? You never notice a man's shoes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how often do you That's look a at a man's painting. shoes? That's, yeah, that yeah. was a big matte painting. Yeah, and uh, obviously, this is uh, this is on the tank at, uh, at Paramount. And they set up this... Uh, uh, crazy uh crazy scaled version of the bird of prey that we never really know how big it is yeah what are vulcans wearing man what are those hats? oh my god I, they were leftovers from star trek 3 apparently leftovers from star trek 3 because obviously if we wear hats they represent the shape of our ears that's worse <laughs> than uh friday, friday's child it's they're guys this is bad. a funny thing uh, wasn't uh wasn't scotty promoted to captain in three captain of engineering yeah what? oh yeah you're right i guess he was demoted because he stopped up the plumbing yeah well you know <laughs> it's right. uh, it, it's fun note. it's fun you can see uh you know all these sort of uh plastic and rubber things that uh, Rocky Fry, the rubber guy from uh, 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 industrial plastics, uh, provided to Paramount. And uh, there's uh, Spock or a, a stand-in uh, on Vasquez Rock. Vasquez. 
Yeah, Boy, that just I always me... love the scene. I mean, I mean, I still do, but but this know. is nice because you got smoke, you got diffusion, you got that was a nice shot on Vasquez rocks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is nice shooting through the transparent screens. Now, now this was all written by Kirk Thatcher, I written believe. Written by Kirk Thatcher and voiced by Kirk Thatcher. Yeah, really. Right on the All edge right. of etiquette. See, I'm going to try and make that joke work. I just keep repeating it until it gets a laugh. Unreal. He's saying correct in right. English. Correct. I'm just appalled at the edge of the plexiglass there. The, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's bad. Oh, yeah. That's really bad. Yeah. We cheap. did that in Arts and Crafts at camp. Yeah. We had that plexiglass art, and it was really wrong. I, I'm, I'm appalled by these fonts, but other than that. <laughs> they're bad. And they're it's very English. Bad. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. In, all in English. Yeah. But Leonard's good in this movie. Yeah. I just wish they'd got him out of the bathroom because it looks like he just got out of the shower the whole movie. Well, and he, I just he was, he was like, constantly cool. showering. I actually thought that you know the gag of covering his ears with the sash and made him look kind of yeah, like it's a, cute. It I know. I think the white terry cloth bathrobe does him no favors. I I, but I bet be, it was comfy as heck. I wanted to be comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> now this remember how great it was to see yeah. jane wyatt yeah. this yeah, was great since uh babel right like that's right yeah. she hadn't been in it since journey to babel and it was amazing like because yeah. even star trek 3 it was like really cool, cool to see mark leonard yep. so they didn't have jane wyatt and this was awesome yeah as a surprise mother yeah. knows best and yeah, she's and great, yeah, she she she's she's terrific. All this stuff on Vulcan is pretty good, and you know the famous plot. Uh, now this was in the Craig Smearson script. I don't think it was ever filmed, but uh, the reason Savick stays behind yeah, right. is because she's pregnant. Right. Um, that was with in Spock's early draft the script with Spock's child. I think it's, it kept they kept in the novelization, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. But I believe that's right. But it wasn't it because of Bar. She uh, yeah, in Star Trek Three, she got pregnant with Spock's baby. She went a little uh, bit too Ponfar. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. right, Darren. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the fingers touched a little too aggressively. That's right. Nimoy looks confused in every shot in this movie. I don't understand. Can you guys hear, or is it? I guess we could just reading the lips. What you haven't watched this movie enough times? I don't know. No, we no, don't no. normally play the sound very loud. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> I just like revisiting. I like hearing. I, I understand. I'm attempting to build a solar cell. I love VJ Armitage. Yeah. Not since, yeah. not since his dynamic role in Octopussy has he given such a tour de force. Wasn't he a tennis pro? Yeah. Yes. He's a tennis pro. Yes. Yeah. And that's, of very, course, Mad, Madge Sinclair. Yes, that's right. I just, I find Even, it crazy that this is the second probe inside of 10 years that has come after <laughs> Earth that played a funky baseline. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You know, I have to say also the casting here is so much better than in Star Trek Three. All yeah. these little roles, they're much more credible. Yeah. Like, I believe her as a Starship captain. I believe well, all the crew. Than, uh, Esteban. And Captain oh, Esteban. Yeah. Yeah, another Leonard friend, just like oh, can there Leonard Rosenman. Space Dog. Wait, no, that's not Esteban. That's no, that's uh, James that's, B. Sicking. Uh, Niles, that's Captain Niles. Yeah, it's Sicking, James B. Sicking, who I like. Come in, please. This is a little bit lackluster. Oh, the du- the Dutch camera angles. Yeah. And yeah. they're slowing down. Oh no. Now you know the you know the famous story that um. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dawn Steele thought it was confusing yes. that you couldn't understand the probe, that it oh, should yes. be subtitled. Subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I'm a probe. <laughs> and and Bennett and Nimoy, to their credit, even though they weren't talking by the end of the movie, fought it tooth and nail and said, there's yeah. no way we're doing that. That's a great, that's a classic. That's a studio classic. That's there, a course, studio classic, yeah. There, of course, is the great Brock Peters. Yep. Yep. From to, to Kill a Mockingbird. Right. And, of course, uh, the great Admiral Cartwright, who would eventually betray uh, the Federation. And, of and course, he plays. He plays Darth Vader. Uh, this goes that's down. Right. That's, right. that's right. But that. before oh, that, in, 19, in 1980, he was Darth Vader in the NPR radio shows of Star Wars. Yes, he was. And he was quite good in that. Absolutely. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah, that was, it was tough to... to create a makeshift solar sail. <laughs> Even VJ Armitage is goodness. I think it's Armitage, not Armitage. Okay, well, well be I think you're thinking of arbitrage. arbitrage. Yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever. Like, he's good. And like you know, and and here again, diversity. This is this is great. Yeah, this is diversity most, done both, right. Both captains in the in very brief scenes. Because you get a sense that uh, Star Trek is a meritocracy and that everybody who's a competent and capable a captain is uh, rises to the top. That's right. Look, Sulu so can have a comfy, if you have comfy any top. Questions about... <laughs> Walter loves this movie. And, you know, as much as he had a lot to do in Star Trek II, he really, you know... He, he, you know, he gets big laughs in this movie. At least he got to wear a leather jacket and not. I was, the, uh, I was feeling one. very cold on stage. I, I wanted to be warm, so uh, that's what, what happened. Was the thing he had in three, the mauve, like the little lavender. The the pink collar, the pink collar, in uh, Star Trek Three. Yeah. yeah, Buster Brown. Well, what was it? The Pushkin. They they wanted him to look like the Russian poet Pushkin. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, this was such a waste. To, yeah. to, to, to with Savic to do nothing two, with her two lines in the damn movie yeah. I, I remember that was where I first met Robin there was a convention um, a Star Trek convention uh, around the time this movie opened and uh, I was very disappointed that she had such a small role she was so lovely on your episode that you guys oh she was great oh, yeah. she was great and then we took her to dinner in um, Vegas and she's just absolutely awesome yeah Thanks a lot. Now get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Spock is a player. I do think that, you know, it would have been interesting uh, if they had followed up on the idea that she was pregnant with Spock's baby. Well, I think, uh, as we talked about before, I think it would have been great if she was pregnant with Spock's baby and Spock was still dead. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're not going to relitigate that guy. No, but that... Spock was still dead, but also but, in this movie as zombie Spock. No, but right. but zombie here Spock. you have, so so I guess this is what I want to talk about. The main kind of journey of the movie, because I was trying to yeah. think, what are the the real conflicts and who transformed? It's really just a movie about Spock kind of getting his... Mojo back? Humor back. Yeah. Uh, well, it, we were... We were talking about antagonists. The antagonists are humans of the past. Right. But right. even then, they're pretty modest, meaning it's... The, and I'm not saying it necessarily needs it artificially, but part of what was we've talked about before, what was great about right. certainly 2 and 3, was that you know they really were focused on the characters. They all kind of had some kind of transformation. 
through the story and in this it's like well yeah we're gonna they just kind of go through it. But by the, the same token and... i mean I, I think that the conflict in this movie is very environmental almost by definition that you know it's that fish out of water time travel story that they're they're in a circumstance they're truly in a for them a strange new world and yeah, it's something that's that totally true right and satisfying but yeah we haven't just seen otherwise yeah, what's so interesting, I do think, is you can tell the movie is written by two different people in the sense, you know, the famous story is that basically for the rewrite, um, Hart Bennett took act one and act three and Nick Meyer took act two. So all the stuff in the past is Nick doing time after time redux, which is great. And then Harv did all the beginning and the end. The, the writing for the beginning and end is very pedestrian. All Nick's stuff is great. Uh, Do you think it, those it, people died in those shuttles that were there. Like, yes, they, yeah, they died horrible life, deaths. Life support was turned off. Yeah, they lost power. Yeah. They didn't have a solar sail to give them power. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Like the great VJ arbitrage. They didn't have a solar sail in, in deep, deep space. space. Yeah. Well, it worked in that Deep Space Nine episode. Yeah, but the, they were in the Bajoran system, and there's a sun in it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Never mind. That's okay. So, you know, here you have an example of, uh, you know, ILM effects, the cloud tank. And of course, uh, you know, as Ralph Winter talks about in the episode that uh, we had him on the show, there was a lot of problems between ILM and, and uh, uh, Paramount and the producers on this. Uh, they felt they were being overbilled uh, for changes they were requesting. And as a result, uh, they didn't go with ILM for Star Trek V. And the rest Oops. is history, unfortunately. Famously. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you don't have a uh, someone in charge of keeping the visual effects budget down and planning out everything specifically and uh, not making up your mind. That's what happens. Now, this set, uh, Darren, this was built for Star Trek The Motion Picture, was it not? Well, parts of it are. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, extended majorly. I mean, they used it a little bit in, uh, in uh, Star Trek uh, Two as the... Uh, photon torpedo bay, right? Um, but uh, there's a bunch of stuff that is added, like the the walkway and back, and uh, and uh, a lot of the control surfaces. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it has none of the configuration of the Klingon ships we've seen before. But this that set gets a like lot of use. Of it is off. It, mm -hmm. You know, like it's just it's kind of all over the place in scale. Yeah. Um, like it 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 felt like a smaller ship in Star Trek Three because it was. Right. It was a, just, it was a, tw a twelve uh, you know a twelve person crew, um, but uh, yeah, it, 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 obviously the bridge here is completely different than when we saw it in Trek Three, and uh, but obviously that's due to Scotty uh, changing things around, and that's why it's taken so long to get it ship shape. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 Correct. I do like um, these uh, these scenes between uh, Spock yeah. and McCoy. I do too. Yeah. It has a great banter between the two of them. He is so good. I mean, he's the MVP of every movie. Let's mm -hmm. he really And is. he is the ordinary surrogate, isn't he? Yeah. You know? But he sells all of it. Like, yeah, he does. In a way, he couldn't in Night of the Lepus. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff I'm... all looks good. It's nice, dark, noir, kind of dark, you know. I, you, you feel an ominous sense as the probe approaches. Plus, I love all the aliens. The aliens yeah. are pretty good, yeah. unlike the dopey aliens in Star Trek Three. Uh, 
Yeah. And they just kind of sell it like it's a real world that they're all living yeah. in. Yeah. But they don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you get it, and it gives you a sense that the Federation is made up of many cultures that all get along and work together. There's Majel. There's Majel. Majel. Okay, Majel, you know, Gene, we gave Majel a check, okay? So you happy now? Keep well, consulting. I'm, I'm, I'm less unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Harf would bitch about the fact that Gene would take credit for this because he said, I told them to do a time travel movie from, from the beginning. <laughs> because, you know, obviously he was pushing his JFK script for Star Trek II. And and then so he said, well, Star Trek IV was basically them doing my idea, yeah. which yeah, was not but, in like any in way. Version, the whales were going to assassinate JFK. Yeah. And yeah, that would have been great. Uh, on, the, on the PT-109. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, come on. That's genius. That sells itself. Steve, what do you think? <laughs> I love it. I built PT-109 when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, and the graphics here, the graphics are a lot better than they were in Star Trek 3, too. So much better. Yeah. Yeah, this feels functional. Yeah, exactly. And you don't feel that sense, like in Star Trek 5, where it looks like they put in a bunch of CRT TVs, a bunch uh, of Sony Trinitrons. Like, this yeah. actually looks like a, spa a functioning spaceship. Yep. I love how people on Earth are really, they just don't know what to do. They're just they, completely they're clear. Like, Screw it. We're a federation. We, we've got nothing, guys. V'ger? V'ger's back? <laughs> Again? <laughs> we, we have no idea what they're talking about, what the probe wants. Or if it's even whale-shaped, we don't know. We, we asked the probe for subtitles; it refused to provide them. <laughs> what I love when they, you know, they went, you know, because again, they after the Eddie Murphy uh, decided to do Golden Child and pulled out of the film, they didn't have a lot of time, and so they had the script from Crikes and Mearson that they couldn't shoot. Um, so when they went to to, to Nick Meyer and and uh, I think I think they wrote it in twenty days instead of eleven days, like right. Star Trek Two. Um, when they went to Nick, they been Nick said, I'm not doing San Francisco. I already did that time after yeah, time. time Let's after go time. to Paris. And they're like, we're not going yeah, to no. Paris. <laughs> and so he ended up, you know, and he, st st he, he recycled, not stole. He recycled not a stole. couple of his, 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 uh, his best gags from time after time uh, in Star Trek four. Like that scene where Kirk and Spock walk into the uh, hotel room and they find the remains of the hooker splattered everywhere. Right. Yeah, that, like that. That's my, that's my yeah. favorite yeah. bit. The I, the way, it, Eddie Murphy must feel like, I mean, you look back on that, right? Like he, he didn't do Star Trek four because he went to do the golden child. Talk about like, I want the whales. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I have a, I'll tell you, I, I, I made one of the first, uh, I made one Eddie Murphy movie, and um, it was a it was a disaster, um, and but it was fun, and it was a movie called originally called Starship Dave. It eventually became yeah. Meet Dave. Yep. And the reason it, we actually it was going to be Steve Carell and a different director, and I was like just gotten promoted or something, and I was like try I had to get a movie, and I always thought that was a clever idea. This spaceship with tiny aliens in it, it comes to Earth, and the main character is also the ship because they're mm -hmm. trying to fit in. And I and I had these kind of weird conversations with eddie and 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 it talked about star trek a little bit he didn't talk about this he didn't talk about this situation but he right. was just like in the, in the context of the character that he was trying to play in that movie 
and it was wild because he was clearly like a huge fan yep and i was like okay I, but we're not this is a comedy like I, you know it was in the and it turned out it was it was not really a comedy but uh, yeah no eddie murphy was legit a big star trek fan yeah and um you know, he would have played this guy who was obsessed with UFOs and aliens and um, and then, you know, meets Kirk and Spock. And the, the Jillian role um, would have been a part of it, but uh, a much smaller role, the marine biologist. Um, and in fact, it probably would have been a male. And to Harv's credit, Harv was the one who, when when Murphy dropped out, he said, let's make the Jillian role bigger and let's make it a woman because, you know, Shatner plays so well and like, in the old TV series, it was always great to see Kirk with a woman, right. and um, and and he was right about He's that. Right. Although it was interesting that they chose to sort of make it um, sort of a platonic kind of, uh, but which is good because of course the stakes were so urgent that if he started getting really flirty and romantic, it would have kind of been like, well, don't you realize the Earth is about to be destroyed? And the in thing the, is, they had the, the chemistry. Peter David anyway. Dead of Honor uh, comic that followed this. I think it was there's an implication they developed something more. And I liked their screwball oh, right in the comedy, comedy dynamic. Yes. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. They had a good screwball comedy dynamic, but there was no heat between them. So yeah. it's good that they didn't go in that direction because it was like they definitely had a bantery kind of, but it didn't have like a Clark Gable, you know, kind of, you know, it's or like Nick a Philadelphia Nora. story. It's not Nick and Nora at all. This, you know? I will say this Kirk is always a felt on his back foot. I'm sorry, go ahead, Steve. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just saying this was a good bit of business of him, just in that way of like you want to give your hero something to figure out. Even just the directed at Earth's oceans, what does it sound like under, you know, this many, you know, under the water, and yeah. then making the leap to the whales? Because, I mean, obviously no one on Earth, I guess, decided to do that, but <laughs> but it was still like a good sort of Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of that analysis actually started with... Uh, uh, with Sulu, and then Kirk just took the lines right. away from right. it. I'm sure well, that's how it happened. Mears and Crikes, when they talked to Ed for our book, 50-Year Mission, you know, said something really interesting. He said one of the only things that Harv Bennett told them was when they write it, everything has to be Kirk's idea. Yep. You know, and it's like somebody else can suggest something, but the big revelation, it's like, you know, um, Spock can say it's whale song, but Kirk has to be the one who says, we have to go back in well, time. I, I, putting that part of it, it is still a good, like that someone has to figure it out rather than that sounds like a whale. Yeah, yeah. They actually yeah. had to decide, oh, there's wait, a process. what would it sound like here? But, you know, Kirk's, you know, Shatner being like McQueen, right? Where he has to be, do all the stuff and be the star. That's why he's a great captain. Yeah. You know, because he is figuring out that's stuff. That's why he he's is the making, star of the movie. That's why he's, right, so he, he had the right instincts. So when people complain, well, he took my lines. He wanted to be the decisive guy who came up with the answers. Well, yeah, it, it makes sense. He's your lead actor. He's your, the star of the movie. Exactly. He's the goddamn captain. You know, let me ask you guys this. So, so you know, big conceit of this movie, time travel. Now, obviously, you know, in the Star Trek canon, specifically how they they do it. Yep. Do you think there's a difference? You know, was it more believable? Not just, I guess, partly being in the '60s, but also on television versus the sort of you know when you look at a movie like this, and it's it's inherently more grounded just from being a movie. Yeah. Does it, work does it feel like it fights the the 
difference. I mean, the gr more grounded difference that these movies take. I don't than... think there's any question as to whether the time travel works or not. I think it works fine. I don't you think there's any check question. Check it out, right? Because, it's like... you have, because you have the power of the spot character being uh, knowledgeable about how to do it, right. it's, it sells it to the audience. And that's how it worked on the show, too. Yeah, I think it's I think in retrospect that it feels too casual. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, you could just do this as opposed to like really kind of building up the sense of stakes that they're going to do something this crazy, right? Like you want to be, I, I mean, ideally in a, in a dramatic situation like this, you want to feel like the time travel is possible. You also want to feel like it's dangerous and there's a reason why that's yeah. not always the solution. You just can't kind of turn the planet back around the other direction and save Lois Lane. Well, um, you know, first of all, I think it works great as a MacGuffin, so I have no problem with it. Oh, and it's funny you mentioned this because in one of my comics for DC, I, which I was just reading, actually, I deal with this very subject. And the secret of time travel is like the most guarded, classified secret affair. It's like nuclear secrets that only a few people know this and it can't get out because if people knew how to time travel, it would undermine everything. And right. so, you know, I kind of three series later and everybody knows, but whatever. Yeah. yeah, well, I know, which is ridiculous. Um, because of course it would be you, you couldn't let something like this get out. Um, and then, you know, they say, well, only Spock can do the computations. Well, you know, I think a, a computer a quantum computer could probably figure it out quite good. It is kind of a bummer when you think about that, that that somehow it became not just an enterprise, but certainly in the more recent series it's just like oh yeah it's a part okay. of like what they do in star trek which it it it, it diminishes it it, diminishes it does which is funny because you know i remember reading and jesus maybe this was instant fantastic mark but that you know roddenberry at least for the first few seasons of um of the next generation was really anti time travel mm -hmm. like he didn't want it um and that at some point it became a, uh, and I hate this word, by the way, but it became a, a Star Trek trope. Yeah. Well, I think part of the reason time travel exists in Star Trek, it was a way to do, a, you know, they can only do so many bottle shows. So how do you do a show where you can go out on location or use the back lot? You yeah. kind of ha had, you know, Hodgkin's Law of par Parallel Planetary Evolution, but then you did time travel because then you could film on New York Street or you could film, sure. you know, at these different locations. You could, you know, that were 20th, 20th century, 1960s locations or 1990s locations. So it was a product of, I think, TV producing more than it was, you know, the story yeah. demanded it. I think you have to sequester the original series in that way, because of course, like it was so, well, but they were, they were all such incredibly bold ideas then anyway. And it comes, well, it just, know, here's the first movie that it does it, and it does it again, and First Contact, and then. Yeah, but in First Contact, it was the Borg that knew how to try yeah, and travel. Well, yeah. And I, I, they I followed it through the temporal wake. Um, now, okay, let's talk about this, guys. Where are we on the plaster Paris heads? He was definitely trying to do something different. He was trying I to kind be... of like the artiness of like him too. Yeah, it was yeah. a very surprising bit of impressionistic work. And of course, yeah, it all kinda... happens in Kirk's head. That's right. right. Literally, uh, it's it's Calvin Klein's obsession. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this at all, but I I, I will be the uh, the, well, the sole. I mean, they, uh... they had this sort of new technology with scanning yeah. uh, the actors. 
And uh, they had a, an opportunity to sort of uh, highlight that and make something that's a little navigate. more, yeah, that's uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, a, a little more uh, interesting. I mean, that that kind of looks like the, uh, the the voodoo doll from uh, Witches of Eastwick, but Buck uh, Rogers. You know, it's funny, kind of watching this sequence. One of the things that jumps out at me is how insane this pitch is. Like usually, and you know, Steve backed me up on this, but you know, y- you want to have one big conceptual buy you know, in a film, right? So it's it's time travel. But here we've got, it's time travel because there's a space probe and it likes whales. And when we go back in time- It we have likes to get whales? Whales. It's like, there's just, there's so many, like, uh, there's so many big ideas you have to get behind. And you also have to get your characters in the space of like five to 10 minutes. But you know- to, It's whales and we have to go back in time to get- them. I just want to say they avoided the Superman three trap here because originally in the script, uh, they were going to show up in a bank of fog and they were going to come down and they were over a football game in San Francisco right. and everybody thought it was the halftime show. And right. then they pulled up and, and, you know, escaped. So everybody thought, Oh, it was just a bit, a big, uh, shit. but like that would have had the, the Eddie Murphy thing and all this stuff stayed, you would have had to start Superman three. And yeah. you would not have had this Richard wonderful sort of quirky movie. The building. And then discovering it. that uh, that Eddie Murphy's plan was to uh, make money off of rounding errors on bank transactions. That's right. That would have been weird. He skis off a bit, like down an entire building and lives. So we remember this? We've, yes. Oh, of course. Yes. We're trying to forget it, but you keep reminding us. <laughs> but you keep bringing it up. But think about it. I mean, it's a very interesting ring that up, Ashley. Because of course, this is this is Superman... where Nick Meyer picks up. This is his, yep. uh, the first line was judging from the uh, level of uh, pollution in the atmosphere, we have reached the 20th century. And not surprisingly, the movie picks up as well. That's correct. But last thing I'll say: Superman three adding oh, Richard Pryor, Star Trek four adding supposedly Eddie Murphy. Like, yeah. Yeah. What was going on? Yeah, I think I you know. know what was going on. Hodgkin's Law of Parallel Development. <laughs> Monetary Franchise <laughs> Development. <laughs> and then Superman 3 calls Star Trek 4 and says, you tell Bill, I said have a Coke and a smile and shut them. That's why in the sequel to Tar with, the, the sequel to Tar with Kate Blanchett, Kevin Hooks is going to be in it as a wacky new conductor. By the way, what a great uh, uh, kind of, I guess, good fortune, but that the ship has a cloak. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. It's really good it's use Klingon. in this movie. Yeah, well, technically it's wrong. Really good. It, it would have been a massive, you know, like, convenience, but as it turns out. Right. Well, I'm no, sure it's gr- great. If, it, if it didn't have a cloak, they would have, they just, would have just stayed in orbit and right. beamed down. Right. Would have been hard to get. Well, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but it's more fun that the ship is, the engines are depleted. They have to, you know, I like that everyone has a mission that they have to accomplish. They have to get the photons. Where they park. And the whales. And, you know, everybody has something to do. That's kind of what I don't like about it. Oh, really? See, I I like it. it, 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 I just keep thinking of the uh, David Marcus line, this is just giving us something to do, isn't it? Uh, it's, It's a little clunky. 
Oh, see, I think it's not McClunky. I think it's earned. I think okay. in this one, it, it's germane as opposed to something like Star Trek VI where they're translating and they're looking through the books and all yeah. that nonsense. I think in this, like, there is a legitimate reason for, you know, Scotty and McCoy to get the transparent aluminum and Kirk and Spock have to get the whales and Scotty and Uhura have to get the photons. Yeah, you know, and all those things build up to, you know, to real crises, right? And especially, oh, like, the thing with... Uh, with You're going to die there, so it, all kind of works. But I don't know what Takei's excuse is for his scene being cut with his uh, great-great-great-grandfather. Didn't, they, at, didn't at, they? The kid didn't do the great kid, job. The kid didn't. Yeah, yeah, but he couldn't blame Shatner for that. Yeah, right, but then they, <laughs> yeah, they he tried time or something. Shatner paid him some money to blow the yeah. line. And you know what else? Here's the thing. The, the way that that scene has always been described, I, I can't even imagine that it could have been the a goddamn Oscar-winning performance from whomever, and why would you keep that scene in the movie? Yes. Because it's not yeah. moving the story forward. It would be exactly the sort of goes nowhere, does nothing stuff that we're talking no, you, about. You'd look at it alongside the glasses, you know, uh, you know, scene and be like, nope, we're going with the glasses scene. Yeah. That's more important. They need the money. Just do that. Yeah, because otherwise people would be saying, where did they get the money from? You but know, how did like, they pay for the bus? Yeah. Well, I just want to know where he pay. finds this uh, strip of material. Well, on his bathroom. What's happening there? There, that's what you were wondering. Where does he find this trip? Well, at, at this one moment, yes. Right. Well, I thought it was the sash from the uh, from I the know, robes. No, it wasn't. That's what I thought it was. But you're Either. right. It's not. He ripped it off. No, he, he rips, rips it out from inside off. the robe, inside that smelly old robe. <laughs> do Vulcans sweat? That's my question. Oh yeah, I don't know. they, they be... sure do. Are you kidding? They're from a desert planet. They sweat like crazy. <laughs> Is this canon? Yes, it's the sweat can. What well, is now? <laughs> okay, they're the sweat hogs. Oh yeah. my gosh, Mister Cotter, Captain Mr. Kirk, Captain Kirk, pick me, <laughs> Mister Horshack, land us over there. <laughs> okay, Mister Kirk. <laughs> hey, Sulu. Hi there. Not <laughs> to the core, but great to the infantry. <laughs> Up your starship with a rubber hose. The Terminator. <laughs> yeah, make the Terminator exactly. There's always the sanitation guys are always the ones. You're out of your mind. He has See, a New York accent for some reason, which I've never. Yeah, they should. yeah. Well, they're yeah, yeah they're sanitation New York. Guys are all New York sanitation guys are all from New York. But they're in San Francisco, so they should be throwing out the pods. That's if you right. Think also, I'm gonna pay thirty dollars for a goddamn no toaster oven. You're out of your mind. Out of your mind. <laughs> Now, this wasn't filmed in Golden Gate Park. This was actually, I think, in Griffith Park. Yeah, Griffith Park. Or was it Will Rogers Park? I, 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 I may be. Cool, that's a cool. fun shot. Yeah, I that's really cool. That's a fun that. shot. I'm wondering why the grass isn't pressed down in the. Uh, You're right. In the it center was better than anything in Star Trek okay. 3. <laughs> the Genesis planet. This is kind of cool. I like this. Yeah, this is yeah. very cool. I needed to do. Come on, Armis. Yeah, first round's on me. Let me get my hat. Wait a second. He's the skin of evil? Hey, What's man, on? did you see a real bright light? light. <laughs> <laughs> what year? <laughs> and it's good, you know, it's good after the mistake of leaving her behind in Star Trek Three that she's yeah, in this totally. and she's doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. And not fan dancing. Not yet. Not yet. No. And now oh, the God, musical I... stylings oh, of the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I, I, I hate this. 
<laughs> I hate this so much. I, I, there it is. Double dumbass on you. Come on. Oh, I love all that. I love uh, every bit of that. Uh, I just, you got, you know, <laughs> look, we got to put this in context. This was amazing to see them in contemporary San Francisco yeah. uh, in, in our time, you know, because even when we were watching the original show, we were watching a syndication. It was still the late 60s. It wasn't yeah. when we were growing up. To actually see the Star Trek characters in our oh. world was pretty cool. And not just a back lot, you know, on not location, yeah. but on location. Yeah. It feels real, you know? It's like yeah. a cadet review. Well, the other thing that Don Peterman said was he finally, they could use long lenses, which is right. another reason it looks good because they were outside and, yeah. and they weren't cooped up on a tiny set. Yeah, you can tell even in like that scene in the park, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, this is, I may yeah, be completely wrong, but I think that uh, green sort of uh, uh, anvil building in the background was Coppola's building. Oh, which I'm wand sure. would you like? Now, this scene is almost word for word from time after time. Time yeah. after time. Yeah, yeah. And they will be again. You got to admire uh, the chutzpah of Nick Meyer. Yeah. Well, also the desperation. Well, just, yeah. this is great. It's is fun. It's a, it's a good little scene. It's a really nice scene. I mean, yeah. it's great the way it pays off on Star Trek too. We, you know, we talk about canon and what's great about Star Trek is that you know it's not everything's not standalone. It's so great that something like the glasses now, in Star Trek too. And the fact that the lenses us, were intact, it would be worth more. This yeah. woman walking past us is an extra that I have seen in at least three or four movies. Wow, the, which one? The... Uh, I th I think I also saw her in What About Bob, mm. and uh, and in a couple other street scenes, just her walking past the camera, and it's it really is so funny. weird to me that you recognize extras. Yeah, I know I that. Me too. Why is it weird? I'm a visual person, <laughs> Ashley. I don't I don't sit and write all day. I look at things. Yeah, we try to avoid <laughs> looking at people. <laughs> you know, this is interesting too, that they avoided shooting at any of the traditional kind of San Francisco overshot locations. You know, they don't go to Fisherman's Wharf. They don't go to yeah. Alcatraz. You know, they went to a little, you know, they- Well, they, because, they wanted to avoid all the crowds. Yeah, that too, because that shot very why well. Is that, why yeah, is that yeah. horn honking? Why is that 1920s horn honking? That's so weird. The mix the is so weird. I really enjoyed Ooh, this. Uh, I like being I like in the Sierra sunlight. that just went by. That's a, yeah. Now this was the scene that uh, that uh, Sulu's uh, yeah, going to see his, his great 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 grandfather. Great, 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 great was. Well, the the funny thing is, you sort of imagine a version of it where, like in this movie, you know that Sulu is going to miss a meeting with his great 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 grandfather and doesn't even realize it. Right. That he's there someplace, <laughs> and it's just it's sad. It's this, there's like there's a novel in that. See, I know you don't like this, Darren, but I think this is all very funny. I agree. I think this is funny. just because he's never said Wessels in any of the other. Oh movies. come on! He, there's always the joke about it, the Russian and the thing, and he can't pronounce things, <laughs> and everything was invented by the Russians. It's, it's this it's, is funny. It's too on the nose, and these people who have dealt with space things that are extremely complicated can't talk with people. It's it's just it's just no. It's like it's talking making to making fun of the characters. I don't like it. But they're supporting characters. They should be made fun of. This is, uh, yeah. Also, I like that the cop. No, he's, he's very earnest. Watches them. Ooh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay. And 
That's what they said. They're Alameda. That's what they said. <laughs> Here's our friend Kirk. Yeah, Kirk Thatcher. Who was Here. on this on this uh, film, uh, Leonard Nimoy's assistant and liaison between production and ILM. And we right. come back in uh, Spider-Man, uh, one of the Spider-Man movies, and then yeah. again in uh, whatever that sh- the Darren's Darren's show, Picard. Uh, it's not my show. <laughs> and no then I, uh, you know, when we did the uh, stage reading of Star Trek Four, I substituted the ballad of Bilbo Baggins for this. That's very clever. <laughs> and it worked like a charm. I mean, this is in a trailer. I mean, it's huge. yes. Yeah. Yeah, this kills. There's a shout out to Omni Magazine. Yep, yeah. that's right. Also, late one lamented of my favorite Omni lines and deliveries coming up right here. It's interesting because normally a two shot like this would be as boring as they come, but this is pretty good. Yeah, this looks good. Because they're actually on a bus. Colorful metaphors. (laughs) And so forth. Pitiful rickiful. You know what? I like this movie. I I, I like this movie. Yeah. I I like this scene. Wait. This is is my favorite part. Hold on. How Robin did. The Giants. Giants. <laughs> you know why that it. shot works? It's because of them. Yes. Right? It's it's just that they don't belong in it, so it is inherently interesting. Yes. But, but they do belong in it. We've seen San Francisco and from that angle in all the other movies. But we haven't seen them on a bus. Well, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just something about the banality of it that is just, oh, it's it, that it's glorious. What's her name? Catherine Hicks? Catherine, Catherine Hicks. Hicks as... Uh, Jillian Taylor. It's Dr. Jillian Taylor, as it yes. turns out. This this stuff yes, all looks like uh, this is TV stuff. This yeah, looks like it was this just is TV. total yeah. TV. Yeah. yeah, this is a little disappointing in the way it's shot, especially because they were on location at a real uh, aquarium. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the uh, it's one in Monterey, right? It's the Monterey Bay yeah. Aquarium. Yeah, which yeah. I which I went to almost like in in spite of my feelings about the movie at the time. Um, as a little little pilgrimage, I was very excited to visit that aquarium. It's pretty cool. It's a, I recommend the visit. At this point, okay. Willie wasn't free yet. He was uh, not. Uh, Willie was uh, waiting to be free. Willie was still charging at the time. That's right. Although it's interesting because, of course, you know the Ranger, which stood in for the Enterprise aircraft carrier, that was shot in San Diego, not in San That's Francisco. Right. That's right. Whereas the Enterprise was shot in Top Gun. That's correct. Most of which can be achieved synthetically at this point. I love 80s day players. <laughs> you know, Darren can tell you all about them. On every movie they were in. The glasses, like in the, the sweater. Oh, God, yes. The woman in the background. Oh, my God. He's taking his job very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Look how he's looking for the lens. He wants to make sure the Shatner doesn't block him. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, they're horrified as they yeah, should be. That's this right. is not now you're you're right. looking at these horrific things that they're just doing to the whales. You're very you're very concerned. <laughs> that's disgusting. Also, the cameras are. <laughs> oh my God, this guy! Yeah. Oh. But what's he looking at? He can't be seeing know, the TV screen. No, there's no, no way he can. He see does the TV. not want to get blocked. <laughs> 
He wants to be in the shop because this is going to his agent. Look, me, Shatner, and Nimoy starred in Star Trek Four. Somewhere, <laughs> that guy is watching this movie like it's Sunset Boulevard. You know what? We should find that guy. Yeah, Ray yeah, this Fiedelman. Is, this is all matte <laughs> painting. Yeah. 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 And oh, look, some sort of animated. Yeah, animated whale fin. You know, it's funny. It's like, you know, the whales are named George and Gracie, which is pretty funny. It, but people watching the movie now would have, have no, no idea no who idea. George and well, Gracie are. they didn't are. know them. They yeah, didn't sure know they them. Know that. That's true. Because Oh God was still very popular. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Aranda, Oh God, You Devil by now. Yeah. No, that yeah. was later. And I know this because oh, I had a sleepover and we got <laughs> the VHS tape of Oh God, You Devil. Wow. And uh, that was later. It was like sixth well. grade. I love the I love the first Oh God movie. I don't really like the next one. The first Oh God is very good. We watched it recently. It's brilliant. and yeah, it's really clever. John for, Denver's good in it. For those of George, you listening at home, oh, he's back. There he is. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you listening at home, uh, George and Gracie were George Burns and Gracie. Look, Allen. there's the bomber. I'm the guy I can tell he, he is a bomb. Yeah, trying to give some actual trying to give some actual information. He's still photo bomb. Look at that. There's that yeah. guy. He's really interested in her, and he's at the front. And his camera is fully erect. Yes. And he puts his he hand is... in his pocket. Like, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Oh, he knows what to do. <laughs> he just, he he's like, what to do with himself, all right. <laughs> he's like, thank God Leonard is off directing, so I could be in the center frame. He's standing next to the... <laughs> I know, there he is again! I almost wonder whose friend he is. Right? You know? It's true. Well, he's and what's with the naval captain there? He needs to go to the aquarium to see the whales. Who, by the way, is... Look at Why this. is he wearing his so cover we these great We have these great visual effects shots. These this. two whales, which are remote controlled yep. uh, by the great Walt Conti, who was working at uh, ILM at the time. And uh, they're they're wonderful. They really That's why the film should have been recognized for visual effects. It doesn't get gun. the credit it does. Because these, these whales, uh, they did shoot some real whales, but most of it is these animatronic whales, and they're great. Did yeah, Leonard do this stunt? Yeah. I find the shot of him in his underpants with a whale disturbing. Yeah, and I I, I also hate the oh my reaction from uh, Shatner. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so over the top. It's it's really hammy. You think that he let like Shatner direct himself second unit for this? Well, show? I think Leonard was reluctant <laughs> to give too much direction to Bill, unfortunately. Yeah, and I think he needed to be reined in a little bit because it gets a little a little hammy. Hammy. And and her reaction is terrible too. So yes. let's be fair. And yeah, unfortunately, have... on the full-size one, you can see the paint coming off of the whale. Mm. Well, you know. In 4K. Yeah. <laughs> in, in wonderful 4K. In glorious 4K. Da, 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 da. They are not the hell your whales. Attempting the hell to communicate. <laughs> you have no right to be here. You heard the lady. Yeah, that's right. Mister. <laughs> Remember, she has a photographic memory. She remembers words. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. see words. I see dead people. <laughs> but at least being out here on the deck, it opens it up, you know, seeing the yeah. Pacific Ocean yeah. and everything. I mean, oh, that's 100%. a nice shot. The hell they did. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I love everything about that. Because you are an eight-year-old. Yes. That's right. And now it's vertigo. Where's Kim No? Where's Kim Novak? She's uh, <laughs> she's standing uh, right to the left. Great there. though, they were on location. 
great. Yeah. I know you got to see the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Or else it especially is because, especially because it ties in, it bookends the movie when you see the bridge in the yeah. at the end. In the future. Right, the future. Like these are the scenes. Like this is the real estate in the movie for character. Is basically yes. yeah. the sort of re-education of uh, Daddy Kravitz of of Spock here. <laughs> yes. Why don't they just walk over to where ILM is now? Now, see, I could get all arty and say that the theme of this movie is is you know uh, rejuvenation and bringing things back from the dead. That really like. Um, you know, bringing George and Gracie back to the future is just a metaphor for Spock's reemergence as a uh -huh. fully functional member of the crew. There might be some truth to that. But In it's the meantime, also here's, bullshit. here's this movie's answer to Captain Esteban. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my God, absolutely. You know How long have you tell if me? If you were one of Captain Esteban's uh, ancestors. Yeah. Can you imagine the condescension, like the, oh the, my God. the today version of this? Like, don't tell me fish stories, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I will give you um, a little preview, Steve. We're doing for the holiday special, um, 101 greatest Star Trek characters of all time for our holiday special. I can tell you this guy is not on it. <laughs> this Spoiler. this gentleman, this gentleman's character he name is, he, he's called Glass Ceiling. <laughs> he just realized like there was that was my shot with her that was my shot that was my one shot and i blew it yeah, he's as close to a villain as anyone gets meanwhile in san diego <laughs> we've walked a little far <laughs> what's a wessel Although anybody who knows what the ships look like. Going, <laughs> no, it's not. That's not the Enterprise. So the San Francisco weather, not great for hair pieces. I'm just going to say. No. <laughs> sure it is. His looks fine. His doesn't. His doesn't. You can tell this is the past because. Also, the, another day that they shot, not the continuation yeah, completely. of the scene. Completely. Yeah. Wait, yes, she has we... a bumper sticker that says, I love whales. Yeah. No, I heart whales. That doesn't I heart necessarily whales. mean As opposed to, to um, <laughs> if you go through the whole card deck, there's also I club whales. That's, and that's, I, no, that's I club seals. I club seals. Uh, I heart seals. I club. I, I retract my dog. My I club my dog. I I'm sure they spent at least a week picking out this truck. And another few days dirtying it down. Too much LDS. Yeah. It was great. Can you imagine the conversations about that truck? Well, I feel like she just drives something that feels very practical, but it's older because she can't afford it. She probably doesn't get it clean very much because yeah. like, she's really focused on her work. Um, I really think this represents her character really well. Yeah, it totally does. But do you realize if, if this was made now with Uber, they would have never been able to, they wouldn't have an excuse to go with her. It would have been screwed. They would have been screwed. They would have never gotten the whales. Never. And there would have no. been cell phones. And, and there would have been cell phones. Well, they could have sent an Uber to pick up the whales. <laughs> no, but they, he would not excuse to get in the truck with the with Jillian. She was a taken Uber. I That's think... true, and they never would have learned well that George and Gracie are about to be released. Exactly. For, for whales, you need to call Unter. <laughs> okay. Hey, have you guys read you the? Uh, Ishmael? Have you read the uh, Quentin Tarantino book yet? Uh, Cinema not speculation. Not yet, but I just got it on Audible. 
Ah. Wait, wait, wait. What? Quentin Tarantino has a new book. Yeah, a, it's a, a non-fiction it's book about movies. Yeah. yeah. Really? No, man, Is it on? And it's on Audible. Yep. And there's a whole page about pretty mates all in a row. There you hey, go. Just, uh, this is a uh, this is one shot just sitting on the hood of the this car. This is yeah. one shot, and I I bet it was the second take. Look at her hand acting there. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, what is she driving? I'm like, what is what's happening on the road? <laughs> this is this, this is such a thing that uh, it's so crazy that actors do where they're driving in a straight line, they're on a process trailer, but yet they're turning yeah, the wheel like left wheel. and right. Well, they're they're moving their hands, not necessarily turning the wheel. That's the thing. Yeah. They're sliding their hands back and she forth. She's anxiously caressing the wheel. <laughs> yeah. There where we go. Is she turning? The car is driving into the median now. Because she's not exactly. looking There's where she's going, lurching. that's for sure. I see words. Ah, the C word. <laughs> the C word? <laughs> okay, well, we got to admit, this is a really wonderful bit of screwball comedy. This whole it scene. Is, actually. Everyone's very it. funny. It's very dry. It's very clever. And it's really well done. And, and it's it's. Well, it's better than the Excelsior running out of gas. Oh. Yeah, and the sound design is actually better for that. <laughs> then he kind of felt like Captain Kirk, right? There. Yes, that did. Because when he's low-key, he's Kirk. Yeah. Yep. Because he speaks with authority, but he doesn't yeah. try and... As as Nick Meyer found that, out though. only after the thirty <laughs> second that much, that much is certain. He's so only good. after the thirty second take. That we'd all be a lot happier discussing this over dinner. This was improvised too, I guess. The two of them, right? The no and the yes. Uh huh. You guys like Italian? No. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, is so great. Uh, that is that is great. So do you. And so do yes. you. <laughs> I, I think that's the line whenever we go to Buca. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Every time we go for Italian. Comic-Con. Okay. Here's Plexicorp. This is uh They make Plexi. They make Plexi and they're a corp. And they're a corp. Why, Why do you have a problem writing? with this? I like this. I yeah. do too. I think this is funny. I also a good bit of I like it. With... I like it, but I'm still wondering who the hell is Madeline and why does she interrupt? I'm talking loud because you're an idiot. Well, he's talking over the machinery. Because remember, that's all edited post, so yeah, he doesn't know. know how loud it's going to be. I know, but that just means that there's not any sound effects to back it up. Millions of miles. It's great. Yeah. The problem, you know, look, the pro as we've talked about, the problem with this movie is unfortunately... The humor does work so well, and it should have been exclusive to this movie. Instead, they try and pull they off this in five, five, and yeah. six. Learned and, all the wrong lessons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this should have been an outlier. This should have been just a different a movie. You know uh, that. They're like, oh, that was fun. It worked so well, and that no, it worked because it was a circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Uh, hello. Hi, can I borrow uh, your helicopter? <laughs> sure, why not? Is the captain here? <laughs> no, that's why I have lines. 
<laughs> you know I'm from San Francisco, don't you? <laughs> it's like, shh. Wasn't there a thing I mean, that sure. he was supposed to leap into the helicopter, but uh, Takei had run the marathon that week and was too sore? Yeah. Oh, I think is that so. right? Oh, interesting. I didn't know. It wasn't about wrestling. It was a scene where he dove in to steal it, basically. Now, on the corner of that desk, is that the uh, egg from Risky Business? Yeah. Ha! It sure looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> Princeton, y'all. Princeton, Princeton could use a man like, like you. you. <laughs> Princeton See, you never make that today, transparent would you? Aluminum. No, unfortunately. <laughs> I love this. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Six inches. That's all yeah. you need. I love that he's got like. I quit smoking, but yeah, I was just thinking yeah, that what too. the heck? I know. Because there's no smoking on the bridge. <laughs> you're you're speaking <laughs> fantasies, sir. What are all these blueprints for? For for making a. You're right. What are they building back yeah. there? Is it maybe they're building an expansion to the yeah, factory? They're expanding the factory. It's so yeah, maybe successful. maybe they're maybe like they're the all out also a uh, also a good trailer moment. Yes. Yeah. Now, now the funny thing is, this, this turns is out later to be kind of the future, right? But you it's know like, what? This was also Kirk Thatcher's gag. Oh, it's a it? great yep. gag. It's a great gag. It's really funny. I mean, especially then because voice uh, commands didn't exist at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now it's like you don't even need to pick up the mouse. And then I also oh, heard, Darren, that they couldn't yes. use, that they had to use an IBM screen inside yeah. that Mac because of uh, how it would show up on film. Yeah, because oh. of the uh, refresh rate. The refresh rate, right. I'd... I'd love to know how he got the Macintosh Plus to do that. Yeah, no kidding. With just some taps. Also, that was a, aluminum correctly. That was a cut scene in Steve Jobs. Right. Yeah. The fourth thing with his daughter, where they. DeForest Kelly can say literally anything, and yeah. it sounds awesome. Yeah, he could say, "I chase you around the moons of Nivea." Around <laughs> the Terry's Maelstrom. There's a Madeline. You're right. Who is Terry Paris. Maelstrom? Not now, Gladys. I, I I want a whole TV series about Madeline and this guy. Yeah. yeah. Better call Madeline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that they haven't gone back to this guy at some point since they everyone's so intent on mining Star Trek lore for everything. Yeah, I mean, what what if this guy uh, gained so much money from the transparent aluminum. Of, uh, transparent aluminum that he became a megalomaniacal uh, villain? And what's right. rare? It'll be in, uh, in season Picard four. season four. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, don't say it, Steve. It's all love. Good. It's like Spock's getting out because what he knows is he just hotboxed everyone. <laughs> that's that's a, a little plomic remnant. Yes, <laughs> it's a deleted scene. <laughs> I, love, I told you I don't love Italian. <laughs> just, it's his way. No, you now Spock, way. of course, is going off so that he doesn't Spock block. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is sort of fun that, you know, she doesn't fall for his charms that you Yeah. 
Also, yeah, we haven't like, really wait seen till that. they're away for yeah. cleaning out. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Real, it's good, shot. good security yeah. there. Get is the he going to bring now this waiter bring pizza this... back for Spock? And do they have a microwave to heat it up? This waiter was a stand-up comedian, and I forget his name. Oh, really? But I I remember him from uh, oh yeah comedy Comedy Channel. Yeah, you're right. I never realized that. Yeah, it's not Rick Overton. No, no. Now, th this scene was the basis of one of my Shatner impersonations, that every time I was at a restaurant with a friend, I would take a glass and I would swirl it around, and i say, I could take those whales somewhere where they'd never be hunted. <laughs> well, as, as long as it's not when you're with a girl. <laughs> exactly. Mark, give me a little credit. A little credit? Extremely little, Benson. <laughs> exactly. But this, this also, the... Uh, let me guess. You're from outer space. No, I'm yeah. from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Great delivery. Yeah, and it's a great line too. You know, I could take those whales. There, there. Breadstick. I love that he's using. You know, because he's a very prop-oriented actor. He, yeah, you know, he's got. I some... love that he takes the breadsticks and starts playing with the bread. I gotta have some business. You gotta have some business to do here. <laughs> <laughs> he has the fake Shatner laugh in this scene. Oh, totally. So good. What's your problem with beer? Come on. He doesn't like Michelob. Here's to bad friends. <laughs> well, he likes Romulan Ale. So Tonight great. was going to be special, but now. <laughs> and why does she just start tearing up when she talks about the whale's transmitter? Guess she knows where they keep the transmitter. Oh my! Why right now? Let's just say that no humpback born in captivity has ever survived. We took away their claws, and they're defenseless. <laughs> you know, I have to say, you know, again, uh, you know, people weren't as savvy about um, the environment and things in 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 '86 when the movie came out. This was really impressive. It didn't hammer this point home, but it really, I think, made a great. It's like you know, if we wipe out these creatures, the whole future could be just you know destroyed. Like this right. is a very clever premise for a Star Trek. You have film. a pocket pager. That's what it was called. That's right. You have a pocket pager. That's right. I told you never I like, love this. I don't know. It just it kills me. I just hate that communicator. Me too. Yeah, it, it, it's bigger you know than the ones from TOS. Well, it's Klingon. Oh, come on, it's Klingon. Oh, it's Klingon. Isn't it meant to be? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Klingon. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Okay. Come on, Mark. Phasers on stun. Good luck, Kirk. Out is just one of my favorite Kirk lines of all. Yeah, and he does it so well. Yep. Don't tell me. You're from outer space. Oh, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space. Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, I knew outer space. That's non-Hammy Shatner being very funny. And charming. Uh, I'm all she is not. Sure. <laughs> 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 just our, our whole commentary in this section is just to laugh like maniacs. 
No, it's like yeah, no it's, it's like when Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing the uh, yeah right the commentary. Hey, remember that? That was funny. <laughs> you should not drink and bake. Look at me. Look at me there. <laughs> hey, I got the muscles. I got kicked in the balls. <laughs> that was funny. Look at you. Look at your shirt. Someone in Bavaria is saying, where are my curtains? <laughs> I actually heard him make that joke. It was great. You know what her thing is? She does too, it just generally is doing too much with her hands. Yeah. She is yeah. The They're everywhere. On, but yeah. also just the whole thing is too much. Like it yeah. is. Yeah. Although the framing helps. Yeah. The framing this helps because she's covered most of it. a very interesting restaurant, though. No, it's a crappy restaurant. Yeah. I, they did not, this is not a good location. Don't tell me they don't use money in the 23rd century. Well, we don't. We don't. <laughs> oh, we'll just put up signs. No one will know. Yeah. No one will know the difference. No one. These nerds know. won't be able to tell the difference. I'm a Star Trek dog. I like Star Trek. Do you like Star Trek? <laughs> He's giving a better performance than that extra. Oh, my. <laughs> if I get beamed up on the transporter, there might be a good me and a bad me. <laughs> no, his name is I right. would like that. That's we are nice being shot. stealthy. <laughs> if we stand back here, the dog can't smell it's, us. It's so interesting, Leonard's career, because, of course, this was a huge hit. Which made him a bankable A-list director. I mm -hmm. mean, after three three men and a baby for Touchstone was huge, yeah. and then he squandered it all, all that goodwill, well, with just bomb after bomb. You know, with Good Mother and Holy Matrimony yeah. and Early uh, Funny was About Love. Uh, no, was, Funny About no. Love with Gene uh, Wallen. Right. And well, he Curly was apparently Sue was like John Hughes. Right. Yeah. You mean unfunny about love? Yeah. Just. And he really antagonized a lot of the studios they worked for. Yeah. It seems like an odd choice. It's funny that Leonard kept getting all these comedies because he wasn't a particularly funny guy. <laughs> well, that's sort of how it goes. Uh, not till later. But he was very thoughtful. So it's like, I'm you sure know, people were I, like, oh, my God, I get to go meet Spock. He's going to be the director right. of school. Like, there wasn't, like, I don't know. Like, it's, just, it's too bad Good Mother didn't work. Because, like, I think he could have been a very good drama director. I think yeah, after well, Three Men and a Baby, he really was. Like, people were like, oh, be comedy director. But also the novelty of, like, it's Leonard Nimoy. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like we get to hang out with Spock. Yeah, yeah. Meaningful looks. Think about it, but don't take too long. I'm out of time. If you change your mind, this is where I'll be. Here? This doesn't sound like a plan, Captain. Yeah, it doesn't does sound like a plan at all. I gotta tell you, I I, I, I am really enjoying this movie. <laughs> I I think this is a really good film. I, well, I think it's grown on me. <laughs> that was the experience that I had when I went to see it with Caden. Yeah. I um I, I realized, wow, this is this is this is a much more of a delight than I remembered it being. And I kind of wonder, I mean, look, I think, you know, Darren still espouses some, some, some fair criticisms of what's going on in this Star Trek story. But That's a I, I think maybe it. part of my, my reaction to it when it first came out and kind of as things went along was that um, 
it just there was a thing that I wanted from it, right? It's like I wanted to get back to the to the Star Trek two of it all. Like there was a yes. certain tone, yes. and, and it wasn't that. And right. I, I think I held it against it for a very long time. You wanted to get back to boldly going. You wanted it because that was the thing. That's the equation. It's right, like yeah. Star Trek never did the TV show in the movies, right. which was like going on, you know, boldly going to, to strange new worlds that we've never seen and uh, dealing hold with on, aliens. Hold, and on just, were... hold on just a second. What exactly is McCoy doing? Oh, he's welding. He's, he's looking awesome. No, he's supervising he's Scotty welding. He looks like he's looking at a Medusan. He's looking at a Medusan. He's got his uh, Oculus Quest headset on. Right. And, um, well, one of the things that I think you would get I don't say today, but you have to give the movie credit for not falling into this trap, which is there would be an entire storyline of government people who detected yes. something. Yes. And yeah. then they they're converging on the park and they're mm. they're yep. gonna find the bird of prey, and that's the ticking clock. And yes. it's there's like, your black hat. Yep. Well, that's Steve, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but you know. You worked on what the remake of Day the Earth Stood Still. I did. Indeed. Was this yeah. at all an influence on that? Uh, no, it no. Was not. Um, no, it was not. But I, I worked on that too. Yeah, it was. I it was what it was. The other day, um, I had great fun making the movies, working with the people, and enjoy the process. And they can't all be uh, 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 what you want them to be or thought they would be. And you learn a lot of lessons along the way. It takes just as much energy to make a not good film. In fact, yeah. I would argue more the worst movies that I've worked on infinitely more energy. We can have a whole Fantastic Four episode of all the year. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we totally could, couldn't we, Steve? <laughs> no, Ash, let's not. You, now, Ash, I, I believe that, that I believe yeah, that yeah. those three extras there, the three bit players, Ash, Ash yes. I believe the three bit players there were actual Navy officers. I, I believe that. They look pretty square. Because they away. ain't actors. Yeah. And this is this reminds me a little bit of Assignment Earth, to be honest. Yeah. Where, you know, they're infiltrating the uh uh the, the you know the place where the uh, missile is gonna be launched. Why from is Scotty whispering? Get caught. <laughs> Why in case somebody hears whispering? him oh, on the bird of print. They never got the transporter effect right in the movies, did they? Never. Other no. than motion picture, probably. Uh, I I none of them. Although I, mean, I, I I do like the I do like the new one that they brought forth that Pete Curran and his uh, VCE did for Star Trek Two, and that was the impetus for the rest of them. Uh, I, I like that, mm -hmm. but uh, it got uh, it got dumbed down over the movies. It never looked as good as it did the original TV show. That's true. Oh, that's, <laughs> what that's... is this? Stagey! Oh my God! Yeah. But it's the best cool. part is all those guys are aiming their weapons at, at each other. Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay, because remember the tough the thing is they they shot on on location. Yeah, these were not sets. Yep. So those ships are so tight that there's no wild walls yeah. or anywhere. It's very hard to shoot on a ship like that. It definitely is. It's definitely it's, it's hard to walk on a ship like that. Yeah. Cameo. Instead, it's like, who is this guy? Yeah. Although I kind of I like this scene. No, I mean, I like but you're right. Like this could have like, been a great opportunity for bringing in somebody fun. Michael Shannon, for example. This guy's gonna have a blue check mark <laughs> as Michael Shannon on Twitter soon. I am. Can I go? Because <laughs> they don't have sarcasm in yeah. the, the 24th century. 
Well, they didn't. The 23rd. At this point. At this well, point. The silliest thing I've ever heard. Of course, he's a Ruski, but he's a... <laughs> I mean, look, Walter. Yeah. Oh, Walter boy. is very good in this. This does give him some really fun stuff to do. I mean, more so than Star Trek Two. I mean, he's funny when he talks about this movie, where he says it was the one time where Harv gave him the script to read and get his feedback, where he said, "Oh, this is gonna be a hit." He was convinced this movie was gonna be a hit, just because it had so much right. Chekhov in it. Well, that's the key, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's your favorite music clip. Well, you know, they're going for a comedic Russian kind of thing. <laughs> it's like so many. I mean, this is the height of the cold. Well, not the height, but this is the no. Cold War. This is the um, near the culmination. Yeah, yes. it's it's late eighties. Yeah. Well, the the first Cold War. Cold War, exactly. Yeah, they're playing this music as they rolled through into Kursen. Uh, I think I think George was uh, upset that he didn't have that all leather outfit. Huh. Yeah, no kidding. This it's is definitely all nice. much better than his outfit in Star Trek. And this is great. It's only becomes a Michael Mann film. Yeah, yeah. Except with a like ridiculous this. score. Well, except this point where he be <laughs> except oh, I like this. where it yeah. looks like they put an action figure down there. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, maybe they. He he looks God, like it does, an action doesn't like God. You're right. <laughs> yeah. That's. I never, I never noticed that. That's really weird. <laughs> Plus, you know what's great about this? The fact that he won't leave without Chekhov. Well, sure. He just shows never the loyalty. No, but it just shows the loyalty oh, of the Star Trek family to each other. And that's yeah. important because this stuff is so often neglected. It'd also be like a pretty big paradox, but yeah. Well, especially yeah. since Shatner would leave right away. Yeah, one hundred percent. They're like, who do we leave behind? I don't, don't remember that guy. Leave behind for his one day, communicator and phaser and everything. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, we're so worried about the Iotians getting yeah. a phaser, but he Chekhov throws them the phaser. Well, actually, in <laughs> actually Here, in ahead. one of in one of Greg Cox's uh, novels, they do do a callback to this and the leftover technology. Very uh, so oh, do they? Yeah, That's clever. Yep. Yeah, it's very Skynet. Uh-oh, here's the big twist. <laughs> here's the now, big that's twist. a terrible shot. And, and yet again, people washing floors. Yeah. Yes. They love that. On the map, Plus, also, was it necessary to empty the tank? Yeah. yeah. That's no, what I why would you do that? <laughs> you got to clean all the whale so shit out of it. That's why. It helps us to know that the whales are gone. All, all the press that would have been descending on the aquarium. <laughs> The, uh, that was a very look, look at the look on his face. He, he was looking at like an asylum. That was a that was a very Paul Lind reaction. He <laughs> was not ready for that. She improvised that. I read that yeah. somewhere. Maybe in fifty year mission. That's right. I don't I don't know about that, but maybe. It's the only book I read. Concern. If you read one Star Trek book, make it the fifty year mission. Actually it's two. I'm flying and a helicopter. <laughs> it's funny. I could expand those books to a thousand pages each now with all the great interviews we've done on this show. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, he's very yeah. skilled at flying a helicopter, but he accidentally puts on the, the windshield, windshield wiper. But who hasn't? I haven't. Ashley, I haven't. You haven't. By the way, I don't know. I don't have know. The... It's such an ancient technology. How is he supposed to know? I'm going to defend George on this. Okay. 
Now this is very pedestrianly shot. This well, is this is uh, this is from the set of Too Close for Comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's too bad. He's got all this room. You got this whole park. You yeah. can move the camera. You got all kinds of angles, and it's like, what is he doing? Maybe they just didn't have time. It's chilly out there. No, he oh, came in is... five. Okay, he came in four or five days under schedule on this one. Yeah. So it's it like it. he had he, time. So he did have time. Yeah. In fact, he he. Maybe should have taken a little more time to shoot. No, uh, make it look like you've actually bumped into something. He took mimes. Right again. So <laughs> Captain, there'll be mimes here. <laughs> yeah, he was very proud. They gave him a bigger budget and he came in under schedule. But he had nothing to prove. He, he should have taken the time. And... What is he saying up there? And how does he hear him? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, this this is a, a ship that can go through space. Yeah. This ain't exactly half, was it? Well, I guess they've got the, the closed caption, the CCTV happening. It's right. the transporter, by the way. This is cool. Well, no, the reason they couldn't use the transporter was because of the photons. Oh, right, right. Right, the, yeah. It was the... Uh, yeah, the yeah. photons. The, the photons. The, photon light, the light leak. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that I don't, I don't like at all. Yeah, he's, like that that he's playing it too comedic and just yeah. Stop touching me. He's like, <laughs> touching, like... Stop touching, stop touching. You make me nervous, William Shatner. Wait, why does your ship look like crap? This yeah, is right. being so handsy. I thought you guys were from the future, not from a dump truck. What's happening? Well, that big oh. hole in the plexiglass isn't going to hold water. <laughs> there's like a just a sort of problem with the plan that they don't even think about it's like there's a big fucking hole in the plexiglass <laughs> who drilled yeah. the hole in it huh. well scotty wants to fix it because he's a miracle worker no doubt uh, hi there he's gonna stick his thumb in it hi there doctor i have pointed ears <laughs> are you scared of me now accident i had as a child i'm strange <laughs> A head caught in a wheat thresher. <laughs> I've located Chekhov. Seeing the shell knows what movie she's in. Yes. Really? Well, all right. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. Let's get going. <laughs> let's get going. I mean, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. Yeah, well, so leave him and save the whales. Is that the logical thing to do? No. No. Oh, you've grown, Spock. How come you're so goddamn tall? <laughs> we want you to put on a silly nurse's uniform and uh, <laughs> pull off a heist in a hospital. She's Steal doing the hand thing again. Although this is a there funny... There she goes. Yeah, there she goes with the hands. This is a very funny bit. It is a funny bit. Yeah, this I is good. This. This is good. You know why? Because it's mostly D. Yeah, yeah, and D's great. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, it's interesting because you realize how little D got to do in the movies for the most oh, part. Yeah. So when Darkies. he gets to shine, it's just a, a thrill. Where'd he get that bag from? Take right. my bag. Where did he have he specifically got it from have that pill? Yeah. Does he have like an organ regeneration? He got pill? it from Wyatt Earp. Yeah. yeah he's Maybe got he brought the... it along because he thought Chekhov was really injured and he would need such a pill. He's got uh -huh. uh, Dr. Bone's little kidney pills. 
That's what Nichelle said. Yeah. Here. But I had to say it too. There's uh, Hop on that gurney. Nobody will notice. James Gurney. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, we got a girl on a gurney. George couldn't do that stunt because he. Oh, these these guys are terrible too. Oh, they're awful. <laughs> they're awful. They're also some of our Trexperts Plus subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Next on Deck 78, these guys. <laughs> you know how to get to Deck 78? No, we don't. <laughs> Fire the rockets. <laughs> I don't believe these guys as doctors at all. No. Yeah, no. no. Veterinarians, maybe, but not doctors. Yeah. <laughs> again, again, you just see the sophistication in the writing of Nick Meyer, who just he totally knows what kind of movie he's making. And, and it's just, it's great. It's... Who are you? Who are you? I love it. It sounds like Frank Oz. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Now, that guy in you, Empire who's like, what are you doing here? No one's allowed, no droids allowed here. For you prop fans out there, you will see the uh, a part of the AMT Klingon ship uh, really? kit put on Chekhov's forehead. You'll see it's the, uh, it's the central part on the main hull. That's what they used? You'll see. You'll okay. see, and, and now you'll never be able to unsee it. Thanks a lot. What is that, a gun? <laughs> no, it's a gun. <laughs> no, it's a, my remote for my television. Here, get over here. Yeah, we're going to shoot you all over here. He yeah. melted the lock. Good. Just like a, uh, yeah, target-rich environment, and zot. Not a great phaser effect. No, it's not. Also, how did it really lock the video? Whatever. I have no idea. All right, here we go. Watch. All right. Oh, look at that. Close up. What do you know? Really? Here we go. And cut to it. Come on. You can cut to it. It's okay. Close up. There it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, what wow. is it? Central is part that? of the Klingon ship. <laughs> Why? It's part of the because it's Star Trek. All right. There are other options. The salt shaker. Yeah. Right. Sure. Oh, this is a great line too. Yeah. It's cute. The word is given. <laughs> One little mistake. <clears throat> Hopefully, these guys got uh, a guest spot on. <laughs> TJ Hooker later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> later. <laughs> the yeah, most yeah, useless doctor man. ever. Uh. Oh my god. Not the He's just... interesting doctor and he's an interesting haircut. <laughs> Seems thinking I love this letter of Rosamond's score. Uh, this side less so, a little less so. Yeah. Not, not a great kid. It doesn't need to be the sticky. It could it'd be funny without the sticky music. Yep. That's a great, that's a great, I love yeah. that. Yep. There was a girl at the, uh, or guy at the um, Star Trek Las Vegas convention dressed as that woman. Really? That's oh, amazing. that's great. I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, 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 which was really funny. <laughs> At least she wasn't in a scooter. 
See, this would have been a perfect opportunity for uh, Kirk to uh, bust out the old uh, Herc double Kirk 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 double hammer fist. I'm one of those cops. <laughs> Although this is a good bet because they go to the elevator and they're yeah. not in there. Yeah, I mean, no, no, it's crazy. This is clever. Why couldn't we be in the inside the ship? You'd think she'd have more of a reaction to being transported. You would think. What are you talking about? I'm coming with you. You can't. Our next stop is the 20th we... Like every time she transports, you just you wanted to vomit or something. That'd be awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, like I think people who have never been transported, it would be, you know, you don't want to be in the transporter beam to see those creatures like Barkley. That's yeah, true. that's true. Well, of course, when you're transported, you are killed and recreated. That's right. That's why Doctor McCoy doesn't like it. That's right. Scotty, beam me up. Chung Chu. Yeah, this is a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad idea. It's very, very strange. Yeah, that seems. Um, she'll she'll turn so into Jillian Kirk. That's right. It's like they come out and like their personalities have been switched. It's That's like right. Turnabout Intruder suddenly for the third act of this movie. That would be funny. I'm trying to remember how this thing I don't remember what I'm doing. Uh, I'm used to gripping a stick. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, oh, that's just terrible. Terrible. Yeah. And so unnecessary. Yeah, and look at those shorts. What's happening there? Make it look like you can't stand up. It's also not a <laughs> moment for comedy. Too. No, it, yeah. it's really, you know what? Exactly. That's such a good point. Yeah. It's such a good point. That, that now is when the, it should get in, it's serious. serious. And uh, not the uh, time it to is, get rid of all the... It is, as they say, kicking into another gear. Yeah. Yeah. And that POV uh, aerial thing was from the wrong side of town, so... So screw that shot. <laughs> of course, Chekhov, Chekhov is... <laughs> It's funny we're on a crane, but you can tell that like, there's not a lot of room. Yeah. Chekhov's extremely bored at this point. We don't need water, Mr. Scott. <laughs> whales are air-breathing mammals they'll be just fine great version of this where like nobody thought about it <laughs> well, just, like, yeah. the, the thing this is, is also if, where the the the, the s16s would have been scrambled in the that's other right room. yeah right yeah yeah well unless they're maybe they're they're um they're cloaked yeah they're cloaked but still those uh those runners would have uh, called the cops yeah. And they said a stiff breeze blew us over. Well, especially if the uh, the black hat guy who had been pursuing them and tracked right. them down finally to the USS Enterprise, like the guy in the vest, them, and now they would be scrambling the jets as the bird of prey makes its way out to recover the whales. Come we're on, re guys! We're remaking Star Trek Four. <laughs> Although yeah, right, cool, we are. But you do want that kind of tomorrow is yesterday scene. Hell yeah. The jets are chasing the Klingon ship. Just put a little mustard on that ball. Is all it's we're Top doing. Gun Maverick meets Star Trek Four. You know That's what? Right. Don't joke. It's coming. Yeah, you're probably right. What, what is she doing? looking at the thing? I know. He doesn't it's know what like... she's looking at. Well, you know what? If Sulu can fly a Yui, she can look at a thing. Yui. <laughs> Yui. Yes, this sounds just like them. <laughs> As Gracie was saying to me the other day, <laughs> just look like. And then we got uh, from Russia, not with love. I have a signal 
Well, the the captain of this whaler looks just like uh, cinematographer Bill Fraker. Are we too late? Oh my god. I feel like I would have cut that. Are yeah. We yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, also right whaling to ships up. on the like, nose. You, you cut right to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need that. to spell everything out. You are. This yeah. Is, yeah, why don't they just blast You're able out of the to water. give notes on Star Trek 4. Yeah. 30 years later. That's right. But just on the cut. I mean, just yeah. like, oh no, yeah. you would have got that. That would have been, nope. Go right there. <laughs> yeah, there's there's Bill Fraker. Wow. It does look like Bill Fraker. <laughs> what the hell kind of gun is that? It's, it's a, a whaling gun. Torpedo. It's not a whaling gun. It's a movie gun. Haven't you been to Mystic Seaport and seen the whaling ships? <laughs> That's what Captain Ahab used. Captain Ahab? Captain Ahab? You know, like Namor. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they're really just the racing, racing together. Now, the, the, the Dutch angles here I don't quite get. Sort of hilarious. Now, how did Nick Meyer, of all people, resist the impulse to make a, uh, a Moby Dick reference? Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. You know? He probably had it in there and Harv took it out. Don't repeat yourself. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's a callback. It's a callback. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, we'll get to it. But, you know, Nick, of course, to his credit, said to Harv, you have five endings because, of course, there's more endings in this than the Return of the King. Right. And Harv didn't want to cut any of them, which is a huge mistake. Yep. The movie ends before it ends. Yes. Also, yeah, I'm sorry. It was too much. Of they would have been there in maybe six seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure, they would have. <laughs> but the gag is really the is the is the harpoon. Like that's the thing. It's not really yeah. about yeah. the getting. It's there. not the chase. It's, it's, it's yeah. The joke of this, which is great. I mean. Yeah. And. The best version of that would be completely forget about the uh, bird of prey, and then that happens. That's what I mean. I, I'm yeah, look, that, Anthony that, Hopkins is in this. That's right. And then we would have uh, uh, destroyed them. That's <laughs> Both right. On the ship. Yeah. And did, no. yeah. Or George and Gracie would have <laughs> jumped up out of the right. sea and crushed it, orca style. That's right. I love they're still they're, they're, it's they're still, still turning. Trying to turn so How far is your turn there's radius? No shadow. There's no, they're, they're above in, the waterline. The light hasn't still... changed. I would have done. I mean, I'm just saying. I would have yeah. done something. Not destroyed them, but like some middle thing. Like more than know, just picking put them a up big hole in their boat. Yeah. So so they could no longer. Well, yeah. Well, all you got all you got to do is pick them up with a tractor beam out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. So Scotty beams up exactly the amount of water that fills the tank, and the whales can't go up to get oxygen, and they, and they die. die. <laughs> yeah. Oops. That was a mistake. <laughs> That's the thing he forgot. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I thought they were fish. I really did. <laughs> I'm not a marine biologist. <laughs> Somebody say air hole? Yeah, let's go to warp in a in a atmosphere. Atmosphere. Yeah. Good idea. 
Meanwhile, the, <laughs> the whale just slammed into slammed. the tank. Yeah, exactly. That was a that was a dirty line. I'm going to take the doctor back and check out her whales. <laughs> That's extraordinary. That's extraordinary. Wow. Yeah, he's. Yes, he's hamming it up. Now. He is. Uh, he is. Captain Ham. He's got, he's got some it's, green eggs. And because ham. he doesn't deserve that reputation. Because, you know, and but here he is. Here he does. Places, he right. Does. Oh, and it's more, you see it more in the movies. <clears throat> Although Nimoy's ears look really good. They yeah, do. They do. In, in this movie, they look really good. Not in Star Trek Six. No. And not in 2009. All right, here's Bill's favorite poem. The sea is cold, but the sea contains the hottest blood, the hottest blood of all. <laughs> Hot-blooded. Check, it, check it and see. You say that to all the women, don't you? No, I've, no. I've got a fever right. of 103. Come on, baby. Can you do more than dance? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hot-blooded. Hot-blooded. Yeah, there is no air that you're right. I'm not going to talk to you in front of this. We have murdered these in whales. In front of this foreigner. There. You get back, guys, we did it. We made it back. They're right what on the doing? brink of death. There's an air pocket above. We just can't us, see. But thanks, we're dead. There's an air pocket right above. Well, let's go back again. <laughs> get a couple more. <laughs> we're going to get two more. I am a whale biologist. Are you? Well, basically, well, every no one. bit of information and knowledge that's been gathered in the last 300 years, but yes. <laughs> but meanwhile, they're awfully casual because, like, what if she actually accomplishes something in the future and she needs to be in the past? Yeah, well, well obviously yeah, she Yeah, it is a pretty cavalier... Like uh... John Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good callback there. Steve. Boy, this it's is like, the last. You just need one shot of Spock looking at me like, no, I checked the record. She's a nobody. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This is the last time Dewan's good, too. Yep. Because, you know, in five, he's terrible. In six, he's not good. Generations, he's not good. He's, he's good in relics. He's good in relics. He's good in yeah. relics. Steady. Ready, steady, go. Get ready with the plaster Paris heads. Hold on right. to your butts, Admiral. Fly her apart, then. Steady. What are they going to do? The interesting thing is that rather than them shaking, this is the first time a Star Trek was on a gimbal. So they actually shook the set rather than them pretending to shake. And it played. Yeah. They were on a gimbal this is from Macy's. Be the, uh, the Tim Burton uh, Planet of the Apes ending, right? They're right, yes. Yeah. They're going to get back and the. Whales where, are ruling the earth. Where, yeah, um, where uh, Abraham Lincoln is a whale. Is a whale. What did he say? Mark, we're uh, four weeks into shooting. Planet of the oh, Apes. I can't wait. I'm so excited about the new Planet of the Apes. That's exciting. I can't wait. Who's making it? Some, some a holes. I, I, um, I, I think, I think the Andy Circus trilogy is great, but I am looking fun forward to going back to some of the fun of the original trilogy. So I can't wait. Well, th this is, uh, this is connected to that trilogy. It's hundreds of years later. But... Can't, can't wait. Very excited. And is Severed Darden in it? 
No. What? He's dead. Severin Darden, who played one of the uh, orang uh, No, he played one of the humans. This is like, we're giving spoilers. Anybody who made it this far into this <laughs> podcast, we can give spoilers about two movies. <laughs> so, you know, Avatar. <laughs> so, yeah. Here we have the bunch of shots that, this is the uh, real way that made them not want ILM for Star Trek V. Yeah. And what a terrible, terrible mistake. A terrible thing. Yeah, and this also looks great. It did at yep. the time. Yeah, but it's a it's a really tough thing to get yeah. right. Well, uh, miniatures and water miniatures and, and water storms is horrible. Mm -hmm. Super hard. And they, they did a really nice job of it. And it's so interesting because of course they um they shot in the tank at Paramount, but they hadn't used the tank in Paramount in decades yeah. and they couldn't get the Didn't pump they, to like, work discover that it was under the parking lot or something yeah and so they had to bring in a guy who had retired right. to figure out how to um open the pump now they've used it a number of times since like for clear and kind present of like danger different and uh, or the patriot games i think or what yeah. one of them uh truman and, show and yeah truman right. show but um no but truman show was time... a universal oh was it okay. yeah this was the first time in ages that they used the the, the tank. A lot of people are upset because their parking spots were gone. That's right. <laughs> but people would come and watch filming during lunch, and they'd eat lunch and sit and dip their feet into the uh, into the tank. Now, it would have been really funny if these whales hadn't had any contact with the aliens, and they had no idea what they wanted either. Yeah, they're like, right. I've got nothing. Sorry, guys. We talked to them. They're like, what? I don't know who Bobby is. What do you mean? I, I don't I like the way him. any of this stuff is shot, to be honest. I, I think it's all like, this is where he should have taken the extra time. It's yeah. all very frantic, yeah. and I don't know what's going on. It doesn't feel really storyboarded at all. It's just very rough. Yeah, it's very proscenium. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's no flickering lights. There's no strobing. There's yeah. no sense that the ship is going down there's and no, down. Yeah, there's no sense of danger. It's just yeah. they're in a yeah, pool. Yeah, you're not close on any of them for that. Like, it's everything is in that, that weird master medium. It's like... Yeah. I mean, this could be a really good action film. I, I mean, look at look at this. It's just not. It's just not like... You know, and it's not like they couldn't have done it. It actually just would have been some... I mean, again, sorry. Apologies. But, like, that scene of them opening the door, if you were just on them, like, yeah. and it was tight, and you're mm -hmm. going, you gotta go, no, I'm not going. You gotta take her. I gotta go 100%. do this. 100% better. Yep. I have we to say that coverage. They, they, they needed an award for that hair system that's going on because it's doing oh. really well underwater. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Look, and it's great to see Kirk being an action hero, and yeah. I would love to see it get a little more love. Just glad he knew where the emergency release was on, on the right. Klingon ship. On the Klingon right. Ship. Look at all those trapped whale farts. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you start to see when they start diving off the ship at the end? Everyone's like smiling and having fun. Yeah. It's almost like outtakes. It is. It's, like to they, it's totally the cannonball run outtakes. Yeah, it's like they don't even like. They only have this one angle in character. On them too. Yeah. On this, yeah. Like, I remember, you remember thinking even that it was like that doesn't feel real. Like it all starts to feel very. I guess that that's. I'm afraid, Captain. We might drown <laughs> any moment. I am great afeard. He's afraid. 
<laughs> Whale animal. tail! Wait, what? Hi, guys! Thanks for the ride! Thank you! Now go fuck yourselves! <laughs> We're gonna tell him to destroy burn. the earth anyway! <laughs> there's, there's the subtitles. There you go, right That's there. That's right. Yeah. Now, it was at this point that uh, Shatner pulled Leonard and dropped him in the water. In the uh, actual saying, outtakes. The whales are saying, did you get that solar sail working? That's right. How's VJ doing? <laughs> no, you just cut to the what's up. This is like, you know that scene in Anchorman where like uh, Baxter jumps down yes. into the bear pit. Oh my gosh! <laughs> there are troubles. There had to have been a a more dynamic way to do this part. Like yeah. even even with those limitations, meaning the crash. Like I guess the idea is that of course they lost power too, right? That they came back and they yes, sure. they lost power and they crashed. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And now the giant log uh, uh, is <laughs> log is log log. Like yeah, Twin Peaks. Not get points for uh, probe design. Let's be clear. Well, no. uh, I'll, have a coke I'll a forgive sun. it a little bit because it does look alien and doesn't look like anything we've seen before. Mostly. Yeah, it's kind of right. enigmatic. And it looks happy to see us. Yeah, from that angle. And it's got a volleyball on its end. Yeah, and who doesn't want that? Ooh. Why? I mean, I guess if we had subtitles, we'd know, but yeah. why did it need to come? Okay, so it's was just it mad at sure... humanity? Did it well, maybe it was going to punish humanity for killing Well, that's what else. I'm asking. Is it like, is it... But is do it we cool? really need is to it know? Like, hey, they're like, wait, we just got here. What, what's going on? What are all these flying cars? Like, what, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, it's actually better that we don't know. I mean, although I would love it if it were just some banal conversation, like, what's up? What's up? But the probe was coming... Like to check on the whales. To check on the whales. But why? Why now? I don't I don't mind that it's nebulous. And no, I, look, I, obviously I'm we don't know. talking about the subject. It's just weird just and it's like I dig it. There's something very two thousand well, it's not really, but you know what I mean. There's something very Arthur C. Clarke about it. Yeah. How about that? It's it's yeah. as if the aliens uh are represented by a giant garbage can. Cigar. And sometimes a giant cigar is just a giant cigar. It's Mark, a if you're, wet cigar. Mark, if you're talking, we can't hear you. one of us. Yes. I, I've always actually been very fascinated by the surface of that thing. Right? Like, just the way that it yeah. sort of catches the light. Like, it's yeah. like an ocean. It is like an ocean. It, yeah. Space ocean. The space ocean and a cylinder. I'd love it if that's what it were. Mark, if you were talking before, we couldn't hear you. No, you I was just saying that I, I think that this is a MacGuffin, and I don't need to know that much about yeah. it. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. And in fact, if you spelled it out, it would be kind of silly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just raising it for the, you know. <laughs> no, no, I understand. I understand. Look, I mean, but I, I mean, I hear I'll use an example, like in Prometheus at the beginning. Like oh, to me, really? that's a really wow. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think that's wow. an interesting scene. 
where you know they show up and they're are there at the dawn of mankind of humans and, but you don't yeah, spell like out exactly what's going on shitting on that movie no that's i'm no, not agreeing no, 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 he's I'm, actually saying that part worked I'm, i mean no okay. he meant the movie work i'm comparing that in terms of being saying doesn't spell something out that is an intriguing a nugget that that sets off the movie the chain of events but if you want to take that as a criticism <laughs> no no only because i've heard your, your your other episodes about it that's all i don't think i was the one who was criticizing for me no no you weren't the one the, the quiet one over here is uh who was that okay now wait we're back to the movie and now they're <laughs> splashing around like a kid's birthday party now, see this is before they realize that they're the only we whales on the planet yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that hey was guys. the only footage of real whales there too. Yeah. Now look at this. They're like at a convention. Yeah. It's it's like and it's so tight. Look how tight the camera is. Uh, and to me, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Okay. If this were the seventies, the credits roll here. Yep. No, come on, Enterprise. No, because then we look forward to the next movie, and we can f find out what happens in the next I, movie. Like I this is all epilogue nonsense. I, I think I don't. I don't agree. I actually think this is this is nice. What's nice is Sarek and Spock reconciling. Yes. Um, because it's character, but all this nonsense about him being booted down the captain—stupid. Yeah. I would. I don't agree. I would I rather that the the attendees gallery wasn't like a basketball game, and that they were actually facing yeah. the president. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be nice. Design one. <laughs> this is a terrible set. The terrible set. Mr. President, I stand with my shipmates. As you wish. Couldn't they have built this for the next generation? All right, you're spot. all sentenced to death then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're Savic. She's pregnant. That's right. I like Jimmy Doohan's little. Yeah. <laughs> his little side eye. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did it. He raises his hand. Yep. Hey, that was me. You, unlawful carrying of a chakra. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, we don't know what you did. Maybe it was, uh, you knocked up a Starfleet officer. Okay. I'm authorized to plead guilty. But you, Kirk. So, anyway, got quite a V, V neck. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, I actually did not like that they busted him down from Admiral. I liked that he was an Admiral. I mean, sure, it was tough to get him a ship, but I liked that he was an Admiral. I too, but I, I still, I don't know. This is a lot of real estate at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a giant reset button. Because the movie's ended. But you get to see them back in uniform. I mean, it, it is a yeah. treat, if you yeah. will, yeah. for... If you're watching this whole Star Trek movie without any Star Trek in it, yeah, and then you get to see, you know, some some of them all in their uniforms and and you like know what? This... I'm going to argue against myself here. So as much as I kind of agree with what you're saying, Mark, here's my where I'm going to agree with Steve. So if we look at this movie as the third installment of this big story about them, right? Like, right. You know, the 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 problem that Kirk had at the beginning of Star Trek II was McCoy saying, you know, it's like you're stuck behind like a desk, you know, I'm out there like, you know, hopping galaxies and all that other shit, right? Like your first best destiny. And so this movie ends really with Kirk's reward for going through those three movies with being given back his first best destiny. This isn't the Odyssey. This isn't the Odyssey, Ashley. 
I mean, well, you're, you're putting much more. Well, if this were the Odyssey, this it. scene would be Kirk killing the shit out of everybody in that room. That's yeah, right. I mean, he, you know, he he accomplished what he did. He <laughs> saved the Santa earth. Santa Claus he, approves. He validated his his worth, and we could have dealt with this at the top of the next movie. Yeah. You know, who said this had to be a trilogy? It could have been a quadrilogy. Could have been, but that's not a word. Except unless you're doing a. a, a... <laughs> Recent. Now we're back there, aren't we? I would say that there's still, you know, one of the great traditions of these movies, you know, first one included, is that there is the sort of off into the sunset ride on yeah. the ship. And yeah. that was 30 seconds at the end of motion picture. They defeat Viger and they have a little well, bit of getting, just like the you end needed of an to episode. do all of this to get to another ship. Yeah. Uh, he's not good. This is cringy, as the kids this say. This is horrible. I mean, if anything, he should have been putting on all the charm and she rebuffs him, which would have been great. And then sell the whole idea that he's getting older. Get back to that again. Yeah. Uh, what do I do oh. now? Who are these guys? Yeah. The Cloudminders? <laughs> wow. Okay, David Gerald. <laughs> This is nice. This is nice. Yeah, this, this is why is. I can live with this scene. Yeah. And it's actually one fine. of the only scenes composed for widescreen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Thank God Yet. we can see those security guards in there. It's protected for, for outfits. Yeah. It's, it's protected for 133. Absolutely. In fact, the 133 version's better, but you don't have to look at those costumes Aww. on the security guards. I I believe that I'm wrong and that uh, you are right and shut up. But now he's Orson Wells. I love her. <laughs> now this, this, is, this cool. is this is this nice. is a nice little moment. But but we 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 spent a lot of shoe leather to get here. Your mother, I said. I feel fine, lovely, and then boom, yeah. you boom, know we should be out of it. But we gotta go to the Enterprise. Ugh. Later, son, we See, need to talk about nice what you did to Sam. Because this, 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 this whole trilogy is about the death and life of Spock. The death and resurrection and then life of Spock. This would have been a great place to end with the father yeah. accepting the And like the walking son. towards the, uh, the camera. Right? New guest prize. This is awesome. Uh, terrible. <laughs> Not a good shot of space stock. Terrible, terrible. Now they they just flew past the Enterprise. The Enterprise just went past us. I'm hoping for Excelsior. Plus, why are they taking a shuttle pod? Is the Enterprise transporters not working? It's it's traditional it's, it's for the traditional. captain to make a a pod journey around the ship ah, that he's about okay. to do. Didn't you that see was, the first one? That was yeah, established. Man. I saw that. It was a good movie. I like that Star Trek motion picture. You know what? I just realized something. <laughs> what? Um, that, yeah, actually, I think I'm with Steve on this because I remember when I went to see this movie the first time, I hadn't, this is one of the few that I did not read the novelization first. And uh, I really thought, oh shit, okay, they're gonna end up with the Excelsior. And I remember how I felt when I saw the Enterprise again. So I will take my member berry uh, and enjoy it. Well, you were much younger. I, I knew that was never gonna happen. As, as as someone who is older than you, yes, I'm like exactly. this is a fake out. 
Well, as I it remember turns out. even hearing the, the sensor sound, you know, going, oh, hey, yeah. cool, the, the, old, uh, the old sound. And now this is like TV credits. Yeah, we got we we see the clips from the from the show. Although it'd be great if it were more like the like uh, like the police squad credits, where like right. they're frozen, but they're like pouring coffee out. <laughs> they're not. So really there's frozen. a separate uh, uh, Starfleet personnel. Brock Peters didn't even get. Main there's Jane Wheeland from the Go Go's. That's right. Yep. An old San Francisco. Oh yeah, the waiter was Bob Sarlot. Right. That's big, right. Big Star Trek fan. Yes, but young doctor. Doctor number one and two, David Ellenstein and Judy Levin. Perhaps Kirk related Dad, to the uh, president uh, of the, the president. That's right. Lando. Lando system? Lando's not a system. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad the gas mining business is really starting to pay off. <laughs> That's okay. a quote from Free Enterprise. Oh, Dougie Wise. Doug Wise, yes. First AD. If, I wish he would go on record about all these movies. I bet he has great stories. I bet. Brooke Breton not... and Kirk Thatcher. Uh, Who is Brooke? Brooke Breton was the uh, was one of the uh, post production supervisors and was uh, a producer later on. I actually worked with her on uh, Multiplicity. Ah, wow. Robert Fletcher. Robert Fletcher. Fine job. Oh, He's done in... over the course of four movies. Now we're reliving the great moments of Star Trek Four. That's right. Hey, remember these great <laughs> scenes that you just watched? <laughs> yeah. Where's the Green Orion Slave Girl? She's not around. Neil Rodas. Neil Rodas is an art director. Wouldn't he have been more bigger than that at this point? No, because uh, he actually wasn't working uh, for ILM at this point, or maybe Dan he was Curry. a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, Dan did, Curry did the title design. Yep. What was with okay. that tea? We have to ask him. Well, yeah. and there's Alan Haworth. I could have Halloween. asked him last night. I saw him last night. But <laughs> you didn't. Leonard Rosen and the Yellow, the yellow Jackets. I, it's weird clips they chose for this. Yeah, very strange. They're not even in uh, any kind of... Uh, Susan Sackett. Were, yeah. You guys remember back in the day when end credits didn't take 30 goddamn minutes to get through? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I remember a lot of people missing out on having their names on the movies. I remember that. Yeah. Well, Before there were, you know, 40 effect, visual effects companies with thousands of people. Yeah, exactly. Remember they said the Avatar running time is online. It's a lot of credits. Visual okay. consultant Ralph McQuarrie. Is there a compelling reason to wait to the very end of those credits? Uh, or can you not? Uh, has, just say has, it, has there that. ever been? I guess. I would put it There's Michael Kuda's yeah, first Michael Kuda's first Star Trek credit. Yeah, my copyright Nizkalegas of Skim. and the Genesis Project by Craig Huxley. That's right. The Genesis Project was a great band, by the way. There it is, the Monterey Bay Aquarium. The Genesis Project. <laughs> Thank you to Nabisco and Apple Computer. Although Apple That's did right. not actually work with them. They only gave them the rights. They did not right. give them free computers. Bastards. So join us next for Star Now Trek the budget 5. of this movie is a rounding error on, like, you know, their Apple Watch sales. So we right by Co-produced by Industrial Light Magic. That's, That's right. interesting. Yeah. I've never seen that credit before for a special effects company. Co-produced by Industrial Light Magic. Well, Are we obviously rolling right that into was... Final Frontier? Is that what's happening? <laughs> we've done Final that Frontier. Was... What? Well, yeah, we've done we, that. We, we've done we commentary. We did, it. we did it. It's done. Obviously, it's done. We, uh, months ago. 
When? I don't think I heard that. It's pretty great. Is it with Rob? Yeah, we did. No, it was it was it was me, Just Ashley, the... and uh, Darren. It was called Oh Brother. Yeah, the, oh, the ultimate Trexpert's final frontier commentary. It was great. Huh. Yeah. Listen to our podcast now and then. You might. I should. Like it. I should. I should uh, <laughs> check us out. I should check you out. You on, should become uh, a Trexpert's Plus subscriber. At four ninety nine, you can did, access our entire hear, uh, Charlie's episode. All you oh, have to actually. do is uh, is uh, go to com and subscribe. It's only four ninety nine a month, and uh, you'll get uh, all this wonderfulness, well, including all the Deck seventy eight goodness. We got some great Deck seventy eight episodes coming up. That's so right. If you want the complete Trexperts experience, you have to become a Trexperts Plus subscriber. And of course, for the moment, you can continue to follow us on Twitter at uh, Inglorious Trek or on Facebook and Instagram if you've left Twitter to at uh, Inglorious Trexperts. And please rate us five stars wherever you listen to uh, the show. This was interesting, huh? Has it changed? Have any of you changed your points of view about uh, the movie? From a certain point of view, yes. I, I liked it. I think I liked it more this time. Yeah, I I, uh, I find my uh, my reaction to my most recent viewing to be to be validated. It's like the things that that bug me still bug me, but like, yeah. but I just I think my perspective on them is different. My, and uh, I, the things that I like that work, I think, are pretty great. My opinion is unchanged. I like the movie. I I have a new appreciation, I guess, for how actually sort of weirdly spare it is in terms of mm. what it could have been, as far yeah. as the number of different plot lines 80s sort of you know Tropes. military plot lines that yeah what just I that respect. urge to make to make antagonists you know that which is by the right. way always it's always threading a needle in a movie like this where it's like you know time and the situation and you know but that there's no other pressure on them um I imagine there might have been I haven't read the earlier versions of it or anything but I imagine there must have been conversations about like well, who's the baddie? You know, who's the who's the villain? But you know, it's interesting because um, uh, Leonard was very proud of the fact that uh, there was no villain in the movie. Right. There was no black hat, and he's not wrong, right? Because it was very audacious to do that. And you know, the movie doesn't flag. I mean, it, it works. Um, and you know what I really respect about the movie? It understands Star Trek. Yeah, you know. The characters do the things that I think the characters should do. Um, the the show has the Star Trek philosophy. You know, there's a message, but it's not hammered home too hard. There's adventure. There's humor. I mean, it really it gets what Star Trek is and doesn't try to be something else. Yeah. Did Did Gene have any particular uh, affinity for this one over the others, or was it all too far gone by this point? Yeah, I think he did. I mean, he was less critical of it. Than he was of three and five, and but a lot of that was him taking credit by saying they finally did time right. travel like I've right. been telling them to do. Right. So you know he tried to you know glom on uh, to the whole thing, um, but you know he was happy because you know he got a piece of the action and obviously it validated Star Trek as being incredibly successful. But also he was less you got to remember he was less bitter at that point because they were doing next gen. Right. So he was busy, you know, he, he had his own playground. He had his own playground and he was the grand poopah, you know, of that playground. And so, you know, he had been validated, you know, he was the man again. So this, they, you know, they had announced next gen before the release of the movie, right? Had they? Yes, Maybe? I yeah. think. Because 
This came out what in eighty six, right? I don't yeah, think they had because I think it was no, the, think... the success of this that gave the studio the impetus to do no. next generation. I'm pretty no, sure they no. announced it because it was yeah. already by November. Meaning, anyway, I read it. Maybe I thought I, don't I read know. it somewhere, but I, I no. it, it was a dark probably, time. It's hard to over state really i guess how huge and how fortunate it was for both parties for next gen everybody like this was a huge hundred million dollar movie in 1986 yeah. it yeah. was a huge yeah. you know Do the, the, the 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 culture a populist culture in a way that star trek had hadn't done probably in a long time and made it as mainstream as it ever was going to be yeah because here if you if you do the math um star trek uh, the ne- Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, pr- when did it premiere? Uh, September of eighty-seven. September of eighty-seven. So, okay, so September of eighty-seven. So this was fi- so Next Generation was filming at the end of eighty-seven or the beginning of eighty-six. No, it was clearly Star Trek had been announced, and Star Trek: The Next Generation had been announced. It was in development, and because again, remember the the preview was on the 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 the, the VHS. Yeah, but right. the VHS didn't come out for months. Yeah, no, the, the next generation had been announced when Star Trek Four. Well, uh, either way, I just meant it was such a huge boon for the whole thing that the movie worked as as big as it did. Yeah, but not by that the way, next gen probably I, that that much more. And know. we can't emphasize that enough. This was huge. This wasn't just a big Star Trek film. This was a huge film. In fact, this, I just did the math. Uh, and if the what was the what was the the take was it a domestic take in 1986? Hundred and hundred and nine, I think. Okay, so then that was like a three hundred million dollar box office take today. Yeah, yeah, that is I, not I insubstantial. Checked. Next generation was announced on October tenth, eighty six. So yeah, and yeah when did this it was premiere? before. Yeah. Well, th- this premiered yeah. in uh, in November. November. So this was great for all of that that was yeah. like a almost a you know if only the next generation's first season were better but like but it was great for the energy behind sure. people being excited about the next generation. yeah and then it premiered the next year september yeah. 28 1987 was five meant to be in 88 or was it always 89 like did they have to run because i'm sure they were like jesus let's go well they were anxious to get the next film going yeah absolutely um but they you know they, they weren't happy with the script and obviously they were having problems signing the cast because Leonard wasn't sure. You know, they were having trouble signing Leonard because he had a big directing career. Right. You know, right. the only person who really wanted to do it at that point was Bill wanted to do it because yeah. he was writing and directing. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the supporting cast, you know, they wanted the money, but Leonard and D were were holdouts for a while. Right. He didn't want to do it? D D had concerns about the script. Right. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. I think yeah. actually I did listen to you. I did listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad it was, I'm glad it was so memorable. Yeah. <laughs> I love um, a lot of my video games. This last one. So yeah, that's right. We we did the video game. Brought back a lot of memories, didn't it? It definitely did. It's the 25th anniversary interplay. That's what wow. that seems to be the one. That and the strategic operations uh uh were the ones that seems to have tapped into people's uh Star Trek memories the most. Yeah. So this is it, season five. This is we're done, right? This is uh... no, no, we're not done. I'm done, right? The, the, yeah, I'm done. The, the show will go on. Darren will have a new host. <laughs> Darren and Ashley will have a new host, co-host. But I'm, you, I'm, Steve. But I'm not. Uh, but I'm. I'm not. You know, I'm. 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 I'm here until August. We won't be and, far. 
and uh, and then we'll, and then we'll be and I'll, I'll come and do occasional guest appearance as a Trexpert emeritus. I'll be like Leonard. You know, they'll get David Gutrow. We, and then I'll be like David, uh, Sp- uh, Leonard Spock. We hope, we, hope Mar- we hope Mark will come visit us occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, Steve, thank you so much for joining us for this commentary on for Star Trek IV. It's always good the, to see you, dude. What, what, what's the next commentary we're all doing? And then we're going to wrap up. What do you want to do know. next? We did five. We haven't done commentary on six. We only did the, uh, the thriller in vanilla. I think we did. The Lurpa and the On Wound. Do we and we've done generations, sadly. Yeah. Um, maybe it's time for a little first contact. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see. Maybe. Okay. We'll do that after you've left. Oh. <laughs> wow. The gauntlet Once has we're been free thrown. You, Mark. Today okay. is a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, we're all very excited about seeing the new Avatar film. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah um some coming, great stuff uh, coming 60, i think you saw my thing it was at 60 years to the day after Lawrence of arabia amazing amazing the the the, the 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 epic Damn. tradition continues so uh fantastic and uh we thank you for joining us ashley always a pleasure to see you my beloved co-host darren doctorman <laughs> thank you always a pleasure so until next week um on behalf of ashley steve darren and myself mark a altman Keep on trekking, and gloriously, of course. <laughs>